2: myself
1: greetings and salutations
2: we came we saw we kicked it ass you're excited you feel these nipples Nipple is
1: good mm-hmm. good and terrible
2: well i have a microphone and you don't so you will listen to every damn word i have to say.
3: This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motor hits, geek, bloods, waste oids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude.
4: All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Welcome in, everybody. It is Thursday, October 26th. Happy almost uh, Halloween to you. This is the Mike Rutherford Show, coming to you from the world-famous University of Louisville College of Business Studios. Cards fans, looking for a competitive advantage in today's data-driven world? I know you are. I know Justin Kalen is. I know I am. We can't take advantage of this, but maybe you can. Earn your master's in business analytics from the University of Louisville in just 12 months. The good news, no previous coding experience is required delve into the world of analytics and data visualization, learning essential tools like R. Who didn't want to learn how to use R? Python, Power BI, machine learning, and more. They now have classes available both online and in person. To get started or to learn more, visit business.louisville.edu today. We're on the air today from 3.06 until 6 here on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, streaming all over the planet Earth and beyond, potentially. You know it's better as the big X, Mike Rutherford here. Justin Kalen, aka Scooter Ding, is back in the house. Whoop whoop. Rounding up a long week for you. Long two weeks. Long two weeks for you. And you you'll, you'll have your your standard duties tomorrow. Yep. But your duties on this show, they wrap up today. You are just three hours away, my friend, from not having to do another like 6:45 a.m. to 6:45 p.m. shift for hopefully a long time. I I, I don't mean that because I, I don't want you around here. I love doing the show with you. Yeah, You're no, great. I get it. But hopefully for your sake and your sanity, yeah. this is the last time we do this for a while.
0: I, I need, I love doing your show. And I, I told my, I was actually talking to my brother about it last night. I Aww. was like, I was like, I really enjoy doing it from time to time, but it's never a show I could do full time. I just, I don't like getting out of here at six o'clock. I mean, I go to bed most nights before nine thirty. So, on, when we get off at six, I don't get home till six thirty seven o'clock, and then it's like I got two and a half hours to do whatever I want, and then it's bedtime. You know, so I go to bed early. I I always have. I, I always will. That's why I wake up early. That's why it's no problem for me to produce for Kentucky Roll Call. But I have enjoyed the time with you the past couple weeks.
4: So I've never done like, like a morning show. Mm-hmm. You kind of you've done both. Mm-hmm. I always wonder because I always ask people like like Nick Coffee has done morning show and now he's doing afternoons. And I, I've always kind of wondered like which do you prefer because there there's a good and a bad for both. It, it sounds like you would be, if, if you were doing the Justin Kalen show and you had your your choice of a three-hour block, it sounds like you're going to go 7 to 10 in the morning as opposed yeah. to 3 to 6 in the afternoon.
0: Absolutely. For the sole reason of you're done and you got your whole day to do whatever you need to do or want to do.
4: I've always, liked, like, like I've liked afternoons. I still like afternoons. It's really all I've done. I've done afternoons and then, like, night. I've done spot duty in the mornings before, but... Like, there's definitely something to be said for it it, because it sucks getting up early. It sucks kind of having to go to sleep. I feel like if you want to get any sort of rational, reasonable level of sleep, you have to go to bed earlier than I typically go to bed. I've always been more of a night owl than than a morning person, but there's definitely something to be said for like walking out of here at 10 a.m. being like, oh, I can kind of do what I want to do now. Mm -hmm. And especially now with having kids, like it it would be nice moving forward to if sometime down the line when they start doing... Big kid school, like I'm able to pick up and help out with afternoon stuff because you know, you you do have to, you're always getting a late start when you're getting out of here at six for certain things that they have the start. And then, you know, right when I get home, you've got to get ready for games during the basketball season that tip off at seven. It's just, it feels, it's, it's a lot. But again, there's a give and a take. Like I would hate having to go to bed before a night game, like a late night game on the West Coast that I'm really into is, mm-hmm. is going to wrap up. And then, you know, I, I feel, I do feel like in the morning the show is more about there's some preview elements to it but it's more about reacting to what happened the night before whereas the afternoon you've had a ton that's happened between like 9 a.m and, and when you come in here at two fifty, and sure. you're you're doing some preview stuff but it's also a lot of reacting to stuff that's happened day of and then kind of on the fly it's it, there's just there's different strengths and weaknesses
0: yeah i think if i were in your shoes and i had a family involved I think I would rather do the afternoons just because you do. You get to see them in the morning, and you get to, yeah. like you said, pick them up from school. So that that would be a lot of fun. I wouldn't want to miss them going off to school in the morning. Although, I'm, I mean, how different is it every day, you know? It's probably the exact same every day.
4: Well, the thing is, too, like, when they start going to, like, you know, now they're just doing preschool. They they, you know, they get there, like, 9, so it's it's whatever. But school starts so early now. I mean, mm. it, it did when I was going to school, too. Like, you know, you had to leave. You know, you're getting up at, like, 645 anyway. So I'm probably seeing them waking up like when once they start doing grade school and then go on to high school again. I'm, I'm getting way radio may never, not even exist in like five years when my kids are, are starting to do big kid school and doing stuff like that. You never want to look too much into the future. I don't. I don't want to. Well,
0: see, it comes down to me. F- what What's the one thing in your life that makes you the happiest? Probably your kids, right? My kids, yeah, absolutely. So starting your day by seeing them, I just I don't know that you can get you can beat that. No,
4: you can't. Although I mean, there are some days where I'm like, oh my god, like, this morning. <laughs> this morning, John started, I, I, I keep the baby monitor with me when I sleep, and because Mary's, she, like, more times than not, she's ends up, she's sleeping with Virginia, and so, like, I hear the, the first cries of, like, mommy, daddy, mommy, daddy, and I roll over, and I see that it's just still pitch black outside, and I was like, no, <laughs> no! And thankfully, he kind of put himself back to sleep and, and made it till 7.45 or so, but, yeah, there are, yeah, he, he always say, like, you want to spend the morning with the kids? They put a smile on your face, and then it's like, I'm half awake. I, like John's half awake in my lap. Virginia's like, I don't wanna watch this. I'm like, this is <laughs> this is it's not the the feel good family moment that you saw on sitcoms in the nineties growing up in the morning. Where everybody was just so that was my biggest takeaway from watching shows in the nineties was like I was like, How is everybody this awake and alert and chipper? <laughs> like it doesn't that's not my house at all. Even though I'm like breaking bad, you know, breakfast is such a huge meal. They're all like having their big conversation. I'm like, this was not my house growing up. We all were in separate rooms, like my dad's still sleeping. I'm getting my breakfast myself. I don't want anybody to talk to me cuz I'm 17 and just pissed off at the world cuz it's 6:45 and I'm awake. Like that was uh, that's how real families operate in the morning. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Uh, happy to have you along with us on a Thursday edition of the show. We want to hear from you today on the Thornton Sex Line, hit us up at 502-414-1450. We've got plenty to get to. Uh, not a whole lot of like new storylines out there when it comes to Louisville Duke, but we are creeping closer and closer so there's you know, I think more predictions being made, more previews that are out there, a couple of stats flying around that caught my eye that we'll talk about. We also had UofL Basketball Media Day today. Kenny Payne spoke with the local press after doing ACC Media Day in Charlotte yesterday. Um, I have not seen all of his comments from this afternoon. I saw a few. We can react to that. Hopefully we'll have some audio that we can play for you. Um, I think that we should be finding out. My understanding is that the, the ACC Hoops poll from the media day is going to come out at some point today. If it's not already out right now, I think it'll be out at some point during the show. I would expect Louisville to be in the you know, the, the bottom three of the conference when that comes out. Don't, just brace yourself. Don't yeah. be shocked when that happens. They'll be like, 13th, 14th, my God, what's going on here? I'm going to be flipping out about this all day. Uh, we'll get to that. We've got Thursday Night Football back tonight that we can talk about. Uh, it, again, the college games are whatever, but the NFL game will be. Who's the game tonight? Uh, I mean, it's it's a game it's there's an NFL team playing I don't remember who it is
2: mm.
0: me neither
4: I can look it up real quick no
0: it's all right I we prob- can get
4: to it when we get to it I probably should have prefaced I'm not, I'm not in a hurry well thanks Or
0: well, I mean we're here for three hours
4: um who is it tonight I I know it's one play it's the Bucks and somebody the Bucks and the Bills oh that's right yeah that's not a bad game I mean not a great game but not a great game not yeah. a great game bills are nine and a half point favorites we'll talk about that as as we get deeper into the show scoots though uh, how are you how was your wednesday night again long day for you you said you're going to sleep early how what were you you and gill up to wednesday night
0: so gill actually worked late um so i got home played a game of mlb the show i'm officially in the world series with the reds with so the red nice no, no big deal just got to take down the pesky angels we which, finally did it which might be tough i'll try to bring it home for the boys um but then i turned on celtics watched I, I watched that game from start to finish, so oh boy. took in a lot of basketball last night. Saw the Chris Stapps Porzingis show. I did make it till the start of the Spurs game, but at that, I mean, it was that that point of the night. It was a little hazy. I don't remember much of that. I, I didn't watch much, maybe a minute or two, so didn't get to see much of Wimby.
4: I had my first. I, I saw the highlights, but I had my first. You know, kind of like kick myself. I didn't bet this moment last night. Because mm-hmm. you and I talked about, at the very end of the show, the game we picked was the the, the Mavs-Spurs game. We both said we think Wemby has some highlights, and mm-hmm. he, he's the topic of conversation, but the Mavs are going to win this game. Yeah. And so, before like, around like 10.30 or so, I remember the game was happening. So I checked the score. It's the first quarter. The Mavs are up, I think, 35-26. I mean, I mean the Spurs are up 35-26. And I'm like, I still think the Mavs are going to win. And I looked at the money line, and it was like, you know, you could like double your money, but it wasn't a real attractive money line bet. And I was like, ah, I, I kinda wanna bet this. But also, like, what am I doing here? I said I wasn't gonna make random, stupid bets for no reason with this app. We're gonna play it smart. Like, you don't know the, the you don't know the NBA well enough to be making bets like this. And then sure enough, right before I go to bed, I check the score and the Mavs have won by like by like nine. I was like, son of a
0: bitch. I actually, done. It. I actually bet on them twice <sighs> in the pregame, but my live bet last night was while I was watching that Celtics game, they were down six with four minutes left, and they were giving the Celtics at plus 370 on the money line. I was like, are you kidding me? So I, I sprinkled some on that. That was a nice little hit. Oh, so, boy. Yeah, it was, it was a good night of betting for me, too. I went three for three.
4: I did. it. Speaking of, of you and your living situation, uh, I did. So we do the CC podcast once a week, typically, with me and my, my buddy Danny. Uh-huh. It's it formerly known as the Card Chronicle podcast. It's now just the CC podcast for legal purposes. And one of the things that we do on most episodes, is I'll take questions from Twitter. Uh, you know, either the night before or that morning, I'll be like, "New pod coming, hit me with your questions." And today, like, I, I don't, I try not to look at them beforehand. I probably should because some of them I've started reading and they've been very graphic. <laughs> but I typically, I want the element of surprise out there. I don't want, I don't want to be prepared. So I'm scrolling through them today, and out of nowhere, I just see like from a somebody with a UK logo in their their Twitter avatar. It is that have you ever met Gill? And I thought about reading it, but I was like, I was like, I was like, like, unless you, like, you know, there are people that listen to the, the radio show pretty much every day and that will listen to the podcast as well. But there are a lot of people that listen to the podcast that just don't have time or don't listen to the radio show. And if I was just like, have you ever met Gil and tried to answer that? Like 75% of the people listening, I feel like would be like, what the hell is this? I've got no idea. So I almost just like read it. And then I was like, I mean, Danny, who I'm doing the show with, would have no idea what I was talking about either when that happened. Right. But they did like, they tagged, uh... TJ and and Nick on the tweet, so like right away I kind of I realized that it wasn't just somebody putting out a random thing. But you, so you've 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 worked your way into the CC podcast. So world. what what was your answer? I no. know you didn't do it on air, but I've never met
0: Gil. You didn't meet him at the golf scramble. I don't think you know. I, I didn't huh. even know he was there. Oh yeah, TJ and I think TJ and Nick both met him.
4: No, I had no idea he was there. I, I never got the. He was on my brother's team, oh, okay. which I know you met my brother. I met your brother. Yeah. Your, your brother's awesome. Yeah. He came over and talked to me for a while after the scramble, and you know he was like, "I don't know how he became an Indiana fan." That was
0: honestly probably the highlight of his year.
4: He was very excited. Yeah. He was. He'd awesome. been
0: wanting to meet you for a long time.
4: He was cool. Uh, I mean, he's he's definitely a lot cooler than you are, which is saying something. That's, that's, I mean, that's not hard to do. That's <laughs> he. He was great. Dollar in the jar. Yeah, it's fine. But uh yeah, it was. I enjoyed seeing that this morning. We had a, we had a pretty laid back. Thursday night, we're getting ready, getting fired up. It, this is the last day for my my son to be one years old. He's turning two tomorrow, which is crazy to think that it's already been two years. I mean, yeah. Sometimes i sometimes I feel like I've been doing the show here for like fifteen years, and other times like I feel like I just got started because it, it, there's, it's a weird timeline where, because you know, we got laid off from my heart right before COVID happened and i think covid just kind of messes with your mind like during oh, the, yeah. those lockdown months like you don't you know, for every, sure. every, everything just gets kind of screwy you know you're, you're like i don't remember exactly when that was and and all this stuff and so i was on the sidelines for i wasn't doing radio for all of 2020 and then came back here in 2021 and, and in a weird way like that year and a half felt like a lot longer than the 2 plus years that we've been doing the show so when i think about the fact that like i was thinking about last night John was being born when I was doing the show here, which again, like, feels like it was a lot. I don't know. It just feels like those two things were happening at opposite. Like, I started doing this after John was born, but no, it was a. I remember taking time off. I remember talking to Trevor about it, and I mean, I think because he was born on a um, like like right before the weekend, I think I only ended up missing like three days of radio. It was very a very quick turn. I mean, I've got friends now. They're having kids. And they're like, I get six week paternity leave. I'm like, oh my god, that's I'm, I'm awesome. Like, I'm like, I think I took two days off the first time for Virginia for radio, and like three days off the second time. And the first time they were like, can you be back on Monday? I was like, Jesus, okay. <laughs> like, you know, we think, I was like, depends on how long it takes for this, this kid to be born. But uh, yeah, it was a uh, like, I mean, if you can get six weeks paid leave, that's that's fantastic. Well, well done, props to you. But yeah, we're excited for John's birthday tomorrow. We're not doing. We had the big party last weekend. Uh, we got some. We, we have a big toy for him, a big present for him that he's going to be excited about. A big train table. He's picking the trains, picking the trucks.
0: Oh, you just ruined it. He's in the car. Listening. I was going to say if if, Ma, if, if Mary's <laughs> driving
4: around with him right now, he's like, "What? <laughs> I got what coming? <laughs> Better get ready now." <laughs>
0: and he's got it in his mind that it takes up a whole room, and it's just he's disappointed by it because it's only a small table. He would have no idea what I'm talking <laughs> about anyway. But
4: he, uh, yeah, we have to, we're going to put that together tonight and have that ready for him tomorrow, so that'll be fine. So we're excited about that, and then. All the Halloween stuff going on, and of course Louisville Duke on Saturday. So big stuff happening, big stuff going on as we get ready for the end of the month here in Louisville. I checked the the weather for Saturday because it's been a a topic of concern for Louisville fans this weekend. Like we are a we're a little bit of a high maintenance fan base. The weather get we're not the you know the, the Ohio State fans who are like we're going to sit through a monsoon to watch our team play Rutgers. We want we want to go support the Cards. But we also want the conditions to be nice. We want the seat backs. We want the the, you know, the sun facing the other side. We want you to come to us with your beer and food. Like We we, you know, we want it all. That's who we are. It's what we do. We're not going to apologize for it. But a little bit of rain on Saturday does have me concerned. It looks like it's going to be mostly in the morning and then again in the night, which is perfect for the 3.30 kickoff. Mm-hmm. I think the game should be relatively unaffected by this. But I do think you're I – mean, I mean, let's just call call it for what it is. There's a segment of the fan base that will get up, and if it's pouring at like 11 a.m., they're going to be like, eh, I had tickets, but I might not make it out, or I'm not going to tailgate through this. Uh, Maybe they check the radar, and they're like, hey, the game's going to be fine. We'll get there at 2.30. Who knows? But I do think that this will, if it looks ugly on Saturday morning, you'll have a little bit of a more sparse crowd than you would have otherwise. I don't think it's going to make a gigantic difference, but there will be a group of people that are like, yeah, I'm just not going to put up with that. We've got kids. I don't want to be out in the rain. Uh, it's going to happen. But it sounds like the weather should, and obviously everything is subject to change, should hold off for the actual game, which is good news for Louisville. I think a team that has a better passing attack than Duke's, and, and which is going to want to throw the ball more than Duke will. And also we have a turf field that's not like total crap, like the one in, in Pittsburgh that's real grass and is getting people injured. So,
0: by the way, that's not just a Louisville fan base thing. That that happens you're, you're right.
4: I mean, I, I think that we're also everybody's so micro focused that we look at. I mean, if you follow, and every now and then I'll do this to make sure that I'm that that we're not crazy as a fan base. Like like I'll I'll go after a game or whatever, and I'll just look at a bunch of tweets from a specific fan base, and we're all kind of the same level of crazy. Mm-hmm. Like. We all look at it as well. We're the ones that, you know, Louisville fans, classic late arrivals and, you know, like to leave early. I'm like that's kind of every fan base. The, Nick Saban went on a rant a few years ago about how Alabama fans don't stay for a full four quarters. When when they're beating South Florida, you know, 56 to 7, he was pissed off that in the late third quarter the stands were like 3 quarters full. It's it, it's everybody to a degree and the outliers are like five or six fan bases that everybody just think their fans should should be just like, you know, New Mexico State fans are like, why can't we be like Clemson fans and show up to, you know, have the stadium full and everybody? And it's just the reality is, it's it's not going to happen, especially in this day and age. Like, it,
0: well, it's just because time's so precious. And if if we can save just a little bit of time by not watching the end of a fifty-six to seven blowout or whatever, then we're going to do it. If we can save some time and not go out the tailgate and do sure. something else, I think I think time has a lot to do with it. I hate time. Wish it wasn't
4: a thing. I do. Too. I mean, I do too. It, it, and really, it's not if you don't want it to be. Time, time doesn't exist if you don't well, want it to. I'm a producer at a radio station, <laughs> so, so kind of has to. Time is pivotal. But I mean, also, you know, you talk about people talking about kids not being as into sports as they were when you and I were growing up, and, and, and all this stuff. And it's true. But also, like, there are more things for kids to do now. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if you want to, I, I mean, three and a half hours is the length of, of time for the average football game, and that's not taking into account if you're going there and tailgating and the time to and from, like, kids can play, like, 75 video games. Kids can watch, you know, if they're into a series of TV, they can watch, like, five episodes of that TV in that same time span. I think that's the way that they view their time. And a lot of adults view things the same way, too, now. So it's just, it's it's different. You're right. Wouldn't it
0: be nice to have that kid lifestyle? I have, actually, one of my nephews, He's he's 10 now, but when he was, like, six or seven, he was constantly asking, what time is it? What time is it? And I tried telling him like almost till I shook him like don't worry about time you will you're going to be an adult and have to go to work at a certain time uh, and do all these things on time don't worry about time right now just enjoy being a kid but he didn't understand it he got a watch for christmas that year
4: <laughs> explaining time and stuff to kids it has been one of the most like, Virginia's pretty, she, she's pretty sharp. She picks on, on stuff pretty quickly, but when she doesn't understand something, she gets super frustrated, mm-hmm. and she, like, just will not let it go. She'll she'll fixate on it. And so, explaining to her the difference between morning, afternoon, and night has been a real struggle, because you're like, <laughs> morning time, the, you know, the easy way to do it, morning time, the sun comes up, night time is when the sun goes down. But then it'll be, like, 4 p.m., and she's like, it's morning time, and I'm like, well, I'm like, it's it's afternoon, <laughs> it's like, and, like, she, you know, it's... I should just be like, yes, it's it's morning time still, and then when the night goes, when the sun goes down, it's night time. You
0: should take her outside, do like do the old thing, and take her outside, show her the sun at noon. Be like, when it's on this side, it's morning. This side, it's afternoon.
4: Yeah, she's not doing that. Like, very, <laughs> it's because you can't. Do it's, that. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's tough enough to to remember myself, let alone having a a, a four year old remember all that. I'm stuff. I'm really
0: good about using the sun for time. Whenever I'm out at the lake, I always look up. They'll they'll be like, wonder what time it is. I'll just look up. Oh, it's two fifteen. They'll check their phone. I'm usually within twenty
4: minutes every time. You're an outdoorsman. Yeah. What can he do? <laughs> uh, but yeah, to to, your, to further your point, I mean, time is precious to a lot of people, and and I'll always say, the one thing that's going to keep Louisville from being, you know, if we want to be like Clemson in the sense of our fans are showing up early to tailgate, our fans are staying for all four quarters, our fans are are, you know, staying at the tailgate after the game, it's just not going to happen because this is a This is not a. I know we did the whole like America's number one college sports town or best college, but like this is not a college town. It's not. It's a. It's a big city without a pro sports team where colleges kind of become the pro sports teams. And the one thing that I was struck by going to Clemson in 2014 and 2016 is you realize like how few Clemson fans live in that general area. It's all fans from outside the state because unless you unless you're a student. You're not living in Clemson, South Carolina, and very few of the a minority of the fan base is living in the surrounding area, like Anderson, South Carolina. It's typically people from all over the state. That Wait, are, is the city really Clemson? Yes, Clemson, South Carolina is the name of the city where the, the university exists.
0: How many other schools are like that? I guess Louisville's one of them. Yeah, I mean there
4: there are a few, but you know that seems weird. But not like many big time sports programs or You know, typically you know it's not Happy Valley University, it's Penn State University mm-hmm. and and it's not Tallahassee, it's Florida State, but Clemson is, it's a city, and so when you come to the, the games, like, like you're very much coming into town, it's like a mini trip, you know, the hotels are all booked up, because people are coming in out of state on Friday night, they're staying, they're getting up early, they're going to their tailgate, they're going to the game, they're staying for all four quarters, because there's nothing, there, there, There's that's why they're there, like, there's nowhere else for them to go, they're not trying to get home early, they're staying the night, like, like. Like, there, there's very much a sense of, this is what we're here to do. This is what we've always done. This is what we're going to do. Like, you, you go after the game. Everyone's back at their tailgates. They all have TVs. They're watching all the other games that are going on. Like, there's no, hey, we got to get home early because there's a babysitter. Or there's, you know, we've got soccer practice in the morning. Or, you know, just, hey, we've, we can still make a night of this. We can go out to dinner because it's 730 and, you know, we, we can do whatever. And that's what you get with Louisville fans. And it, it's why it's why we're never going to have that type of fan base on a weekly basis. Now, we'll have fans that show up early and stay late for games like Notre Dame or, you know, hopefully this weekend against Duke, but for the average game, like next week against a whatever Virginia Tech opponent, if Louisville's blowing Virginia Tech out or god forbid they're getting blown out, people are going to leave in, in the fourth quarter. and I don't really fault them for that. People have lives. It's just mm-hmm. it's a different setup here.
0: By the way, how many schools do you think division 1 schools share a name with their city?
4: Division one is in, are we talking like all sports? Mm-hmm. So that's, we're, we're talking like 400 schools, mm-hmm. basically. Um, I mean, I feel like a decent amount. Like, like Jacksonville, I know is one. Um, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head to try and, to try and ballpark it.
0: There's a Sporkle quiz and there's... Certain- I'm going to say 32. No, way more. 107. 107. Isn't that
4: nuts? Wow. I'm not going to take the quiz. That's a good question. I've got, okay, since you threw a trivia, I, I love in trivia. this. We'll end the, 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 the first segment with this. I've got a trivia question for you. Okay. Four SEC schools have never rushed the field in football to celebrate a victory. <laughs> Only four. <laughs> Only four.
0: Who are they? Do Texas and Oklahoma count in this? They do not. Okay. Current
4: SEC programs.
0: I'm going to say Texas A&M. Texas A&M is incorrect. Oh, they, I, they beat Bama. Gotta be Bama.
4: Alabama's correct.
0: Okay, Georgia.
4: Georgia's correct. Missouri? No. Missouri's rushed the field. Has to be South Carolina. No, no.
0: Oh Vanderbilt, because they've never won.
4: No, and he's rushed. They've the
0: field. rushed. If it, if they, oh, they had the one a few years ago where the students like got to walk
4: onto the field. Well, if they beat anybody with a pulse, also they're gonna rush. The
0: field. Remember that video? There was the staircase. Yeah, they yeah, all had right. to go down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right.
4: That's funny. Uh, Kentucky. Kentucky's rushed. No, the yeah, field. LSU, LSU many times. yeah,
0: um, and Louisville. Tennessee
4: no now we're just running out of schools to know. LSU no the correct answer Alabama Georgia Florida and the fourth one's a surprise Mississippi State has never rushed the field Florida Florida's never rushed, rushed Florida's never rushed the field proud fan base down there in Gainesville yeah I could just see them rushing the field after a cocktail party though you know well the, that's not in the, the world's largest outdoor cocktail hotel party isn't in uh in Florida it's in Jacksonville. so that's a trick question yeah, no, I mean, but they don't rush the field because they share that game with Georgia fans. So, mm. it's like 50 They have the, the they divide it. They do it like the Red River Shootout. They divide the stadium in half. So I that, would
0: expect their side to rush the field though if they won. Yeah, they,
4: maybe not. They haven't. Hadn't Interesting. happened. Interesting. So there you go. Mississippi State though surprised. I mean, you you would think you know not the they can't do the whole thing where it's like we've won this many national championships. We don't rush our field, kind of like Louisville, Kentucky, and do. We, we do that with basketball. So, I mean, maybe they just haven't won a game that big at home.
0: Mississippi State's the Cowbell one, right? Mississippi State's the Cowbell. Okay. One.
4: Stark Vegas. Everybody's got a Vegas. I always get it confused. Well, anyways. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about UFO Basketball Media Day, some things that were said out there, what's floating around, all the scuttle. It's coming your way here on a Thursday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 and 96 1 The Big a of the country,
3: club. country music is what I love. I drive forward.
2: light. Everybody's looking as she goes by. They turn their heads and
1: they
3: watch her till she's gone. Lord have mercy, baby's got
4: her blue jeans on. Uh, we're off to a solid start. Scooch Country Thursday.
2: By the bus stop Sign
4: of approval. And I think it's the nod of approval for the first two songs. Oh, it's only uphill from here. Okay. You're awfully cocky about this. No, it's all uphill from here. Awfully cocky. I'm I'm fine with that. I'm I'm, I'm good with that. I was going to play some of the Kenny Payne audio from today's meeting with the media at UofL Media Day, but it's a little too long. We have the heart out at 59 now, so we may play that second hour so we can react to that. Real quickly, some of the things that I, I noticed yesterday, getting home and watching some of the UofL basketball portions of ACC Media Day in Charlotte. One, Kenny Payne, I thought I had a really good sit-down with Luke Hancock, who you know does stuff with the AC Network now. There were two things that stood out. One, I like the – he's had a little bit of a change of, of pace when it comes to responding to questions about fan criticism. At the end of last year, and then even in that first press conference that he did this offseason, this summer, there was a whole lot of, you know, people are jumping off the bandwagon. I'm watching like I'm we're taking note of you you know, kind of alluding to the fact that you, know, you can't be pissed off if the team went 4 and 28 last season which I think is is silly. You're Louisville, you go 4 and 28 regardless of the circumstances. You're going to have a segment of the fan base, you're probably going to have a majority of the fan base that is a little bit upset about that. And now it seems like he's done a little bit of a 180 here. He's talking about how he loves the fans passion, you know, they expect to be criticized, they expect to be held to a higher standard, they expect to get pushed to win. That's what playing for Louisville is great. Uh, all that good stuff. And, and I think that's the, even if you don't believe it, I'm not advocating lying here. We're a very honest radio show. But it's the right chord to strike. Always side with, you know, the customer's always right in business. The fan's always right in I sports. hate customers always right. Which it's it's not. Like, it's I, bogus. I, it's one of those, like, defense wins championships type deals. Like, eh, yeah. You know, there's, it's more nuanced than that. The customer's not always right. If the customer is 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 shouting racial stuff at you, then the customer's not right. Guess what? You can keep the customer out. That's there are exceptions to the rule, but for the most part, if the if a gigantic segment of the fan base feels a certain way, it's best to you don't even have to agree with them. But it's best to come at them with a place of under from a place of understanding. And I think Kenny Payne is striking that chord now more than he was towards the end of last season at the beginning of the summer. I think that's it's the right way to go into year two. Two, he was talking in, in the same answer. He almost pulled a John Calipari that started the great Stoops-Calipari feud of 2022 where he said, this is a basketball state. He's, he's like, the football's great too, but this is a basketball state, which is – that's much much better. Like you, I think you get a little bit of a pass with that than if you're saying basketball school because he almost did the exact same thing where <laughs> last year you know Mark Stoops has the football program rolling. Everybody's very high on Mark Stoops. He's more popular than John Calipari at this point in time. You know Cal's he's coming off the the Saint Peter's loss and people aren't that excited about last year's team. And Calipari's like we're a basketball school. And then Stoops and everybody else gets furious about it. Payne's in in a, a similar situation. He's probably in a more lopsided situation where. You have a top 20 U football team that's six and seven under a first year head coach. Louisville, meanwhile, is coming off a four-win season. They're they're not projected to be very good this year by most national people. And you, you don't want to use the basketball school saying right now, in both cases, the guys are right. Like Louisville still very much is a basketball school, regardless of the relative strength of the football program compared to basketball in this snapshot of a moment. And last year, John Calipari was right too. Kentucky is a basketball school. It is, but it wasn't the right time to say that. You you can't. You know, timing is everything, and the timing was poor. So when Kenny Vane said that, I I was like, "Ooh!" I was like, "He handled it well. He's right." Like nobody's going to argue that Kentucky is not a basketball state. Like that's the right way to phrase it. And and he was trying to talk about the the passion of the fans and how you know basketball kind of comes first around here, which is a rarity when you look at the rest of the country. And he, he did the right thing. He learned from the mistakes of, of others <laughs> from last year, which I thought was a, a, a nice way to handle it. The Thornton's text line is 502-414-1450. We'll, we'll take a couple of texts here, react to stuff that went on at the very very beginning of the show. Texture says, uh, I have no idea what this is in reference to, but I, I do love it. This may have come up on Spear Show or, or Denison Show, but he said, why? Or okay, maybe KRC. Why should I feel bad about wanting to do the hair plug surgery? Girls get fake boobs, Botox, and wrinkles removed, but I just want my hair back on my head where it was. Damn it! I don't I have no idea where that where that's I, coming from. I don't know where that's coming from either. Their most recent text was from thirteen days ago, and it's very long, but it ends with the line "Get the hell out of here, Scoots!" with hell in all caps. <laughs> <laughs> so. And it's from 6:48 p.m. So they're clearly a podcast listener. Were you guys talking about hair plug surgery on on uh, at all? No. No, we weren't. I don't I yeah, I don't I don't I don't know where that comes from. I have no idea. As a bald man myself or almost bald man myself. Um <laughs> there was a time where when I was working for uh 939 the Ville. Like Drew you, you know they they do all this. There's a lot of Advertisers will come in, and you'll you'll have some trade. You know, roofing company will do your roof for you. Like, like it's just classic radio stuff. And I guess they they have a hair transplant company that does ads. And he kind of came to me, and he you could tell he was just like, "How do I phrase this?" And he's like, "He's like, don't take this the wrong way." He's like, "But if you ever consider I was like, "You can just say it." I was, I was like, <laughs> I, I, "I'm well aware of the situation up there. I'm well aware that I'm losing my hair, but I'd never. I mean, the hair transplant surgery sounds painful from everything that I've heard. It's not like you." Like basically, they rip the hairs, like like they like cut your scalp, basically, mm. and then like rip the hairs out of there and then like create like tiny little holes via injections where they like put the hair follicles in there and then it's supposed to re. Like it, it sounds like it's, and, and it's not just one time. If it was a one time deal, I'd be like, okay, I kind of get why people, but you have to go back for like three and four surgeries afterwards to like nice. keep it up. And it, you know, and it doesn't last forever. It's just that there's no permanent fix. So I don't know. It just sounds like a lot much to do i mean i like i got married my hair did my my hair held out for as long as as it needed to i remember going to that front line in 2014 as we left for the church and i was like you guys you fought the good fight for a long time retreat in peace it's all good now we tricked her we locked her up for good
0: what comes first do you go to the bald beard look or you go with bill self toupee look
4: Uh, i mean i i I don't think i could ever do a toupee i don't think i could do it I don't care that much. Like, you know. It sounds sort of like, oh, you don't, you don't care. Like, I really, truly don't like care that much to to go out of my way to to like wear a toupee or or do anything crazy with the hair. Um, I mean, I, and, like, I've always been a hat guy too. People mm-hmm. are always like be like, you wear hats down to cover your hair. I'm like, like anybody who's known me from like the age of eight on has known that I've always like I was always wearing hats. I just always was. Maybe the old wives' tale about the the hats ruining the hair was true. I've heard that. Yeah. But it's supposed to not be true. But. but
0: I still got a good head of hair, and I wear hats a lot.
4: See, I, I don't think it is. I don't. I don't think I screwed myself there. The only thing, the thing that really sucked was, you know, you always heard the other old wives' tale is, it's your your mother's father, your grandfather on your mother's side, mm-hmm. that indicates how your hair goes. And my grandpa on that side, he like died with a full head of hair, and so I grew up. I've got half brothers who we have the same same dads but different moms, and they went bald very early. So when they're like going bald at like twenty seven, and I'm fourteen, I'm like you losers. I'm, I'm like, I'm going to have this full head of hair of my entire life. And then when it started happening at 20, I was like, what the hell? Like, like this was, this at was not 20. Oh, it was early. I, I started doing the, the, the pattern started happening where I got a haircut once and I was like, he didn't cut the, the like the front of my hair is like not in line. I was like, Oh, I was like, oh it's because it's, it's going back a little bit. <laughs> it was a, it was a sobering moment for me. And then when you start, like when that starts happening, you start noticing other people's hairlines. It's a tough moment for all of us, but a good looking, successful woman to marry you, and then you feel okay about it. <laughs> you don't have to worry about it. Uh, Texas says, I, Okay, I, I enjoy when people are now, I, I enjoy that people are now submitting their own a hole stories. This is good. We had one yesterday. I thought it was a good one. Uh, we have another one today, apparently. Texas says, I have a real life crazy a hole that just happened to me last night. At 9.30, a drunk driver drove his truck into the front of my house. What? What a start. This guy was so drunk that he passed out in the truck. I mean, I felt, I feel like he, Can we just cut to the end and say this guy's the a-hole? I don't know if that's the question. (laughs) (laughs) The guy was so drunk that he passed out in the truck until the cops showed up about 10 minutes later, but he had no visible injuries. They found information inside the truck and called the guy's wife. When she showed up, the cops were asking her questions. She didn't want to provide any information and kept asking what hospital her husband was taken to. I was standing back there saying to myself, bleep this guy, I'm worried about the damage to my house and the headache this is going to cause me. So, am I the a hole in the moment for only caring about my own side of the situation? Absolutely not. I mean, I would care that like I I don't want the guy to die. Like, I I would be worried. I understand the wife's spot. Like, even if like if my wife, God forbid, did the same thing, which she she never would, but if she like got really drunk and drove into somebody's house, and like I would be more concerned about where she was going than I was your house. As long as like you're okay too, as long as nobody in your house is physically upset, like I'm, she's my concern. But I also get the other side, too, where you're like, bleep this guy. Like, I, I feel like my bleep this guy reaction wouldn't come out until I knew that he was okay and that everything was fine. But at some point, it becomes bleep this guy. You got so drunk that you wrecked into my house and then fell asleep in your car. Also, that's a crazy story. That is a crazy story.
0: Imagine just sitting in your living room. You're checking out Wimby, and then you just hear a big crash, look outside, and there's a car in your house.
4: I mean, you checked on the guy, and you're like, oh, my God, he's dead. And then it turns out, no, he's just really drunk and asleep <laughs> that will be tough by the way they turned the ac on in, the, in the, the building today and it's like i've gone from i've been having to like derobe in here as because it, it's been like cool outside but they've had a the heat on and the heat has been like sweating me out i've been doing they're trying to like stand to me but then today i come in here and thankfully i had the the long sleeves on when i walked in because it's uh they got the air on Well, chilling. if you need a
0: hoodie let me know i got about nine of them in my car because i have to wear one every morning and then don't wear one home <laughs>
4: Snip snap snip snap.
0: I gotta bring him inside the house tonight. I told myself that yesterday, but I didn't.
4: <laughs> uh, Trevor texted into the show. Whoa. Bacon. I'll he's bacon on the text line. <laughs> he's got the you the, ever called him that? No. So like so uh, I mentioned this before. People are like, Did you know Trevor before you started doing the show with him? And I was like, I knew I knew of him. The only thing that I really knew, like I, I knew that he'd been like a radio person around town. I couldn't tell you exactly like what shows he was doing, but I, I knew that people called him Bacon. Like I remember that being a thing. And so the very first time we did like the a practice hour a practice run on on air, I think I was like, "Do people still call you Bacon?" And he was very much like, "No." He just kind of like shot it down, and it, it almost felt like it was sort of a sore subject. And so I was like, "Oh, I'll just leave it alone." But he uh, he's he still Bacon on the text line. Maybe it's one of those situations.
0: Like ten years down the road from now, if you were to ask me, do people still call you Scoots? And they didn't, I'd I'd probably be a little sad about it too.
4: I can see that. Yeah, I mean. It, I don't know. I, I just I didn't want to probe any further. It just seemed like it was like, oh, he doesn't want to talk about it. But Bacon sends in a picture of <laughs> it's the Adam Sandler where he's holding the kid's face, like, you got to cherish it. He's <laughs> like, this is Scoots explaining time to kids. <laughs> that's a great scene. Texas says Auburn is another one, a school name that's also the city. It is. There's 107. 107. We, yeah, we don't. So, don't text them <laughs> this all. It's going to be the rest of the show. Don't. Two straight hours of us just naming cities that are also college. <laughs> Texas, Kentucky rushed the field after beating a one and two South Carolina team. Is that true? Um, I remember them rushing the field after beating South Carolina and thinking that it was a little bit much, but I don't remember. Maybe it was that they were like one and one and ranked at that time, but Kentucky beating them made them one and two. Either way, I, mean, I remember being like, this is, you guys should not do this, but they did. They also they they rushed after beating us in 07, The Stevie got loose play, and i in the same year they rushed after beating number one LSU, which was a lot more understandable. Although we, I mean, we were top ten. I, I get why they rushed against us. Texas says uh, embarrassing performance on Mike's trivia scoots. Sheesh. <laughs> you could say that again. That was that was bad.
0: I, you know, I've I've been tasked with trivia. What, two, three, four times a day on all the local shows. <laughs> Let me just tell you, it's it has not been it has not been my day for trivia.
4: I was just surprised that like once you got to the point where you were like, Okay, it's the it's the best schools in the conference that aren't. You were like Alabama, boom. You were like Georgia, boom. And then I think you said Vanderbilt <laughs> right after that. I was like, No. No, you said Missouri, it was it was the next school that you mentioned. I was like, We're going in the wrong direction now. There's one more that's pretty good historically that we can bring up. <laughs> Uh, Texas, I hate that the the saying "the customer is always right" too, and it's not always true. But Amazon blew up in no small part to their "no questions asked" return policy. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, you know, if you have if you have the funds to do a "no questions asked" return policy, it works out well for. I mean, hell, like with uh, I'm shocked. I've DoorDashed you know a few times recently where they've screwed my order up. Like like we ordered. The the other night when I told you we had my niece staying the night unexpectedly, and we have three kids and it's just kind of hectic, and I was like, let's just DoorDash Chick Fil A. I don't want to leave you here with three screaming children, so we did. And the one item, like the the wrap that we got for my wife, just didn't show up. Mm. And so, but like it's it's a super easy fix. Like you go on the app, you say like there was a problem with my order, you click on item missing, you click on the item that was missing, and they're like, boom, here's twelve dollars in your account or you can wait like three days and get it in your to your bank and i'm kind of like people could easily exploit this like if you could be like every other DoorDash order you could be like there was not a missing because they are it, it's like instantaneous i click the button they're like we reviewed it you're good here's 12 bucks i know people that do it all the
0: time but my thing is why can't like why are they putting the money back in your account why, why not just have send somebody else out with the freaking thing i ordered that
4: isn't the, the annoying part too. Like we're like like, I'd rather have the food.
0: Now Mary didn't have food. What did she eat? Peanut butter and jelly
4: while you all yeah. gorged on Chick-fil-A? It was a thing where I was like, do you want me to I can reorder one. I was like, maybe I'll get like a milkshake and we can uh, cause I always feel weird ordering like one thing for a delivery service. It just seems so such a waste. But I think she ended up having like just like five of the kids chicken nuggets and she's like, "I'm okay." Uh, but yeah, it's like I I've, I've been in that situation too where the order that's been missing has been like the one thing that I was the most excited about. I'm like, that's the whole reason why I went to this mm-hmm. place. And they're like, Thanks for my eight bucks back. I was really excited about that malt. (laughs) uh, Trevor also says, UK rushed the field in games they didn't win also. (laughs) That's that's true. We just passed the the 21-year anniversary last month of of the the famous LSU field storming that took place in a loss, which was one of the greatest days of my life. Why'd they rush? They think they won? Are you not familiar with the Bluegrass Miracle?
0: That, no, I mean, I'm familiar with the uh, 2007 No when they beat LSU. I this don't know about the other
4: one. 2002, UK was about to beat LSU. LSU throws a Hail Mary on the last play from like their own 30-yard line. The fans storm the field as the ball's in the air. They're like taking down the goalposts. It bounces off a bunch of hands. Devery Henderson catches it and runs in for a game-winning touchdown. And like the fans that have rushed the field don't realize it. So... LSU celebrating. UK fans are on the goalpost, like, trying to take it down. And then it takes, like, a minute for everybody to realize that they've actually lost the game. It's one of the, the – the, the, if you don't like Kentucky, it is the best schadenfreude video of all time if you watch just because it's so – it's incredible. And, and like, I'll never forget, we were in – it was my senior year of high school, and, and we did this thing where seniors would always go and camp out in wherever the, Kentucky Horse Park for the cross-country meet, the, the state meet there. And, like, we didn't even go, like, watch the state meet. We basically just went there to, like, get drunk and and sleep in tents and hang out with kids from other schools that that night. It was great. And so a bunch of my friends who were UK fans just stayed there and went to the game. We went home. I remember we went to a couple of our friends played in the state field hockey championship game. We went there, and we were hanging out with them. And, like, but, like, Four hours later, after leaving Kentucky Horse Park, we look up. One of our friends is on the goalposts, like (laughs) trying to take it down. as As they lose, it was the greatest. It was the greatest day of all time. It was incredible. I I feel like I need to watch that video. I feel like I've heard of it, yeah, but
0: I, I've never definitely have never seen the video. Maybe I'll look that up tonight.
4: There's an incredible picture where there's like a UK player who has like he's like his head in his hands. He's like on the ground, and there's this LSU fan who's dressed up like a cow. Who's like celebrating right in front of him? He's got all these like utter showing, and he's like just like screaming like right in the player's face. Uh, it was a, it was a, it was a great day to be a U of fan for sure. Texas, I have a UK fan friend that makes fun of U for playing on Thursday in Thursday and Friday games, but honestly, I would rather do that sometimes than being always overshadowed on Saturday. That was kind of an old school. I feel like UK rivalry argument was the whole like you guys play on real footballs played on Saturday, and you know, now it's kind of gone back to being true. But there was a nice spell there where there were, I mean, like USC. I remember played as a number one team in the country on Thursday night. Florida State played as a number one team in the country on Thursday night. Like you were getting some really, really big time games on Thursday nights. And and look, for us as a program that was trying to make a name for itself, it was it was smart. Like U of and ESPN, I think used one another. You know, they were like, we play this exciting brand of football. If you've got, you're not going to be able to get lsu versus alabama on a thursday night or a friday night or a wednesday night you want to put a product out there that people are going to watch and people wanted to watch louisville those teams in the mid-2000s that were just airing it out and scoring 50 points a game and so like you know it was, it was people watching us who wouldn't have watched us if the competition on saturday was michigan versus whoever or you know, the sec game of the week it was I mean, it was it was the smart thing for us to do and it grew our brand for sure
0: well and especially like this season when y'all kick off Y'all played opening night, right, on Thursday? Uh, or was it Friday after that? It was Friday. But you all have played a number of Thursday-Friday games. Yeah, I mean, I think you you avoid any conflict with a bunch of other games. Yeah. I wouldn't mind. Yeah. I wish Indiana would play on Thursday-Friday so I don't have to save my heartbreak till Saturday. I
4: mean, I think UK finally did play a few Thursday, like weeknight games. I remember they lost to Mississippi State one time on a Thursday in like, I want to say 2009, 2010, mm-hmm. somewhere around there. Uh, Texas, they also dumped... Gatorade on Guy Morris before the Hail Mary. Also, does Scoots live in a cave? How the hell, how in the hell has he never heard of the Blue I West do. Mary?
0: So I have heard and seen the video of the, maybe I have seen the video. I just, because I know the Gatorade thing. You have to have seen it. Yeah. I think it was just a lapse in brain.
4: Yeah. It, yeah. Jared Lorenzen and a couple other players like to dump Gatorade on Guy mm-hmm. Morris. It's just an all time lesson in celebrating too early. It, it's just, it was it was wonderful. I don't know what else to say. It was it was so good. Like I, I, for a long time now, it's kind of it's it's 21 years old, so it's lost a little bit of its luster. But a long, for a long time in college, like I was like, we're watching this video every time we get drunk. <laughs> we're, we're bringing it up all the time. Texas says so. Trevor can just sit around and text the show, but is absent. Don't get me wrong. Scoots is like 75 percent Trevor, but we have a huge game this week, and the Arby's man is shirking his duty.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Don't worry, you got Rashawn tomorrow. We got Rashawn tomorrow. Rashawn Myers will be in. That'll be heavy. U of L. Heavy. U of L. He's going to bring the heat a little bit. We'll talk some basketball. We'll talk some football. I mean, we're kind of getting off the beaten path today because I feel like tomorrow is going to be very, very focused. Well, we'll I do want to do the thing. Look, we are a... It's uh, the end of my long week. I don't want to be focused. I know. We're doing a sports <laughs> talk show, and it's right before Halloween, which means we have to talk Halloween candy. We, we can do that the next hour. We'll do do—we'll do all the basic stuff. Texture says, I'm pretty sure UK lost to Western on a weeknight. That was an opening week game. Was that a, was that a weeknight? I remember watching that game. Or they also lost to him on a Saturday because I was at a wedding when that happened. But the, the first one, I don't remember. Texas says Scoots is big time zooted today. Oh, he's zooted. Not. What's, what's no, zooted? He's, you're not zooted. You're fine. What, what is zooted? Zooted means high. Hmm. Zooted. He neither confirms nor denies. Texas, I forgot to add this to my text about the guy driving into my house earlier. I'll be at the game Saturday, rain or shine. A win would go a long way towards improving my mora- the morale of my household right now. Don't let me down, boys. Go cards. It's a lot of pressure to put the team fix the fix the hole in my heart and the hole in my house by winning a football (laughs) game on Saturday. You're putting a lot of pressure on the cards right there. That's uh, but but God love you. He's gonna show up rain or shine. He's gonna be there. I I mean, minor inconveniences suck. Like when you have like something like you know when our air conditioning goes out or we have a problem with our heat or just something like that. It just like it, you know, it takes all your your time. You got to talk to these people. You have to make sure that you're making time for the, for them to show up. It, it's mon- I can't imagine the inconvenience of having a, a car drive into your house. Yeah. I would be furious. No kidding. Especially when it's a drunk driver. Like I, I just don't drive drunk, folks. Uh, Trevor also says to be fair to Scoots, that game is banned from being mentioned on KRC. Is that a, a KRC rule? I mean that that checks out. I don't believe
0: that we ever have mentioned. I mean I'm sure. I don't always listen the best. <laughs> I'm sure it's been brought up in passing, and I just zoned out. Zoned out. Zoned out. Just yeah. zoned
4: out. The Bluegrass Miracle would be a tough one because that LSU team—it wasn't like an LSU team that was. I think they were ranked like 21st or something. Like they—they were—they were definitely ranked. Now we did a couple months
0: months ago before the season started. We TJ did the thing that you did. Rewatched a game. We uh-huh. re we, we rewatched the win over LSU, the number one. So that was fun.
4: I'm sure it would have been fun. I that,
0: oh my gosh! Now it's all coming together for me, Mike. That is how I know about the 2002 game because they showed highlights
4: uh, in like the
0: preview. Like, okay, now it all adds up.
4: I mean, you weren't that young. You're you're what five years younger than me. So you were like seventh, eighth grade when that game happened. You should have been aware of the bluegrass. I'd
0: football. have been 13. Yeah, I just I'd never have cared about college football.
4: Well, that's, life is an Indiana fan. I guess
0: that's I'm, fine. I'm basketball. All basketball. All the time.
4: That's fine. Yeah, it would because like it's a painful memory for UK. Even though that UK team was not like great, they were good, and that LSU team was a nationally ranked team. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it wasn't like beating an undefeated Bama squad or anything like that, or like, or like beating number one LSU was, but it, it was still going to be a big time victory for them. And, and yeah, I, I can see how it still hurt to this day. All right, four o'clock hours on the way. Next, we're going to let you hear from Kenny Payne today at U of L Media Day. We'll also keep you up to date on everything else going on in the world of Cardinal Athletics, as far as. Previewing this weekend, we'll have a little bit more uh, Louisville Duke thoughts and, of course, your text on text the Thornton sex lines. Mike Rutherford Show, Thursday edition on 1415-961. Big X.
2: Lord have baby. got her blue jeans on.
0: They got a vintage picture in
1: 1951
0: Full of my favorite records that I grew up on They got all Hank and Lefty and there's B-24
5: Set them up, Joe, and play Walking the Floor Set them
3: up, Joe, and play Walking the Floor the
4: night like every night before this guy's got a funky name i know the song does. it's he's got a weird name i can't remember what it is though right you give up yeah it, it, his last name starts with it's like it's like goat it's it's it starts with a g his last name's gosden gosden can you think of the first name his
0: first name's the weird name is it Fern? Is that right? Fern, yeah. Vern! I said, I said, I said, I said, I said,
4: Fern. I knew yeah. it sounded right, and I was like, there's no way that his actual name is Fern. But like, that's the first thing that came to my mind. But I like that song. I, yeah. It's been I, great it's, song. That's a, a forgotten song. Vern, you said Gosden? Vern Gosden. Vern yeah. Gosden.
0: All my so all my country today is 80s country. So it will be a okay. lot, it will be a lot of forgotten songs.
4: I'm good with it. Yeah, that, that was definitely a song. That, I mean I, I I don't think I would remember that song for the rest of my life if you hadn't played it right there, but <laughs> I enjoyed it. Set him up, Joe. We got you know, here's my my 30 seconds of Reds talk today. The Reds have claimed outfielder Bubba Thompson from Who? the Kansas City Royals. Bubba, a former first-round pick of the Texas Rangers, stole 18 bags in 2022. He uh he actually wore the same jersey at some point of a team that's in the World Series right now, which basically means the Reds are in the World Series. Wow. That's the way that I'm it. Transitive changing.
0: property. I like it. We got
4: it. Don't worry about it. Uh, I mentioned this before the break. I, I do want fans to have a chance to to hear what Kenny Payne had to say today at L Media Day. It's a little bit long. I was hoping it was a little bit shorter. We may not listen to the entirety of the press conference today, but I haven't had a chance to hear it all. I want to hear it with my own ears and, and react to it. Kenny Payne, taking some – This the audio – Just brace yourself. The audio is the audio where Payne is talking very softly and the reporter questions come in like this where it's very loud. Like, it's just the setup there. It's the way that it goes. But uh, Kenny Payne, I I thought there were some interesting parts from what I've heard. I want to hear the other parts and see how interesting they are. Here's Kenny Payne talking about the upcoming season today at UofL
3: Hoops Media Day. If you
2: have a question, please use the microphone. Turn it on of course.
3: Now, some people were in charlotte yesterday i know they're not going to ask me more questions (laughs) and i know they're not going to ask me about last year again (laughs) well i won't ask you about last year. i'll ask
4: you about this year what do you expect out of this team and what kind of a team do you
0: have any idea i mean it's early kind of the team and what mold that they'll fit in will they run rebound they do the things that you want them to do
3: great question um you know for me from the start of this from the summer to now i've been trying to get them to understand um, sort of my vision for the way that i want to play and it's not centered around me it's centered around them so we have a bunch of players right so um, easily we could have 10 11 guys that conceivably could be starting or playing Um, so that That with that being said, when you have that many guys, you have to dominate the defensive end of the floor. You cannot let teams control the game. Um, And that takes focus and discipline. And I use this word often, desperateness. Um, So defensively, we have to be a team that takes stuff away from offenses. Offensively, we got to be a team that's attacking, that's playing with freedom, that's playing fast, um, which at times is hard because I'm asking them and you can see when you watch you know, the red-white game and the, and the Simmons game, at times they look like they're overpassing. I'm good with that because I'm imagining that we're playing Carolina, Duke, Clemson, really good teams, Pittsburgh, all these really good teams that are really good. You're not going to be able to make one pass and get up a shot. You're not going to be able to run down the court and nobody else touch the ball and get a shot. They're going to be good defensive teams that's going to force you to move the ball. And so that's sort of why I like the fact that they are trying to make extra passes to each other.
5: Kenny, you've mentioned a few times this preseason that you want this team to not forget what happened last season. I'm curious, how does a dynamic like that work when you have a team that's mostly newcomers?
3: The dynamic is we put it on the table, which we've done from day one that they walked in here. We've shown FAM of last year. Um, I watch FAM constantly of last year to see what we did good and what we did bad. Um, and that's not centered around wins and losses. That's, it's more centered around what type of stuff that we run that caused people problems. Um, and I want those guys to see it. I want them to understand that. Um, this fan base is gonna be with you when you're winning. They're gonna be with you. So don't look at some of the negative stuff and think that they automatically assume that we're not any good. Understand, just like football, when this is good, they're gonna come and support you. That's what the history of this program has been. Um, And so getting them to understand some of this is just the what happened over the course of the last few years there's a frustration now it's time for us this group to fix it and it's the first step a lot of the things when I walked in the door we inherited some of those guys that we inherited are gone the mentality is gone Um, now we're just starting a new culture
2: Kenny you've mentioned so much about the defensive side of the ball Young kids, they really kind of want to focus on offense. How has this group bought into defense early on?
3: Uh, you see it in spurts. Um, you see that we can pick up full court in spurts. You see it. We haven't got consistent at it, and I don't want us to be consistent at it right now. We're learning about each other. We're learning the importance of of playing defense. We're And as we watch games. Um, And as we play games and watch the film of it, we'll understand why we're doing what we're doing. Um, You know, Keeping the ball in front, there was lessons in that from the Simmons game. So I'm working on this drill for three or four days about keeping the ball in front called a retreat drill. Well, Tyler is constantly trying to get a steal like he's in high school. He doesn't know yet. He's going to learn the discipline of having active hands and keeping the ball in front and retreating with his hip square. Once we learn that and get it and it becomes second nature, we're going to be a really good defensive team because we have length, we have shot blocking, and we can play all over the perimeter.
5: Kenny, when you look at, at last season, and not even necessarily what happened on the court, but, but off the court for you. You've been in the game a long time, but being a head coach, is different. The responsibilities are different. The day-to-day is different. How are you different going into year two? Then what, kind of what did you learn from that experience last year?
3: Um, I learned that the people that are with you are going to be with you. The people that aren't, don't worry about them. Um, My job, the main thing I take away from it is um, I had an obligation to the young people, whether I recruited them or brought them in or not, to love them, to be good to them, to not take my frustrations out on them, um, and I didn't. I treated every kid with respect. Um, I disciplined them. Um, I wasn't happy at all times with them. So I take that away knowing that I did right by them, which helps me sleep at night because that's somebody's child. And if any of us in this room have ever been mothers or fathers, I hope that we would understand that what it feels like for your child to be hurting, for your child to not have success, your child to have doubt your child to not believe in something. Well, my job is to make sure that I inspire your child. I do right by your child. Doesn't mean we win or lose games, but it means I discipline you to do right. And that's what I feel good about. So, I have a question for you. Following up from last year and you said there was so many there were so many people who players who left and you brought in a lot of new ones. How do you get them to all integrate now, work together? Do you see bonds forming between certain players? How do you get them to work together and depend on each other? I think the great thing about the group that we brought in, it was talked about in the recruiting process. Um, It's not a choice on how you're going to carry yourself, how you're going to feel about your teammates. It's not. If you think it's a choice and you have days or moments where you don't want to be about team, you don't want to be in the group, then I got to get put you on, I call it putting you on ice. So you're in the refrigerator, you're on ice. And the other guys will keep growing. Um, you know, I believe in that. I can't let one player, two players, no matter how good they are, I can't let them bring down the group. They could be starters. It could be my best player it could be my worst player i don't care i know that i can't let the group suffer and so i I try to do a good job of of being honest with them and i think that's how um, just being honest and real i think they earn respect for you for doing that
5: as you look at your team offensively uh what do you think the strength will be on the block? Beating people off the dribble, shooting the ball from the perimeter. What what are you most encouraged by, and what concerns you?
3: Um, it's hard to say because in the drills and in the practices, we shoot the ball really well. Um, we shoot the three well, but I also have wings and guards that can post up to go along with a seven foot one kid. Um, And Brandon, who, you know, when he's right, he's a force in the paint. Um, So we look like we're versatile and that we can score everywhere. um, But I got to see it against elite competition. And until we play elite competition or a good competition, then we'll we'll find out then.
1: Kenny, we talk a lot about the group you brought in. But to get to the point where you had that group together, How difficult was it, the ups and the downs of the offseason, because you were in on other guys? Other guys may have wanted to come that you didn't feel like fit the thing. How difficult for you was it to put this group together?
3: Great question. It was was hard um, to put this group together, coming off what we came off of. Um, I don't think it gets talked about a lot uh, for whatever reason. Doesn't matter why it doesn't get talked about. You know, to win four games and to go out and get people to believe in what you're doing and to be a part of it um, is difficult, it's difficult. Um, But it also goes to show that by being honest, by being genuine, by putting young people first, um, they will buy in. They will come and be a part of what you're doing once they see it. Louisville is a great place to play college basketball, a great city, a great community for basketball. Um, But it also, um, it's a place where you've got to be committed to basketball. And when you're not committed to basketball, you're going to hear about it, (laughs) which is normal. That's the way it should be. That's what makes this a great state. (laughs) It's a basketball place that, and not that it's not football. But it's a great state where basketball, the history of basketball in this state has been unbelievable.
2: Hey, Kenny, when I was talking with Mike and JJ yesterday, they mentioned, um, they mentioned uh, Sky and Trey as being two of the guys who have been, you know, um, very vocal leaders on this team so far. Um, What about them as people um, makes that process um, easier when you come in from new teams and then you're now taking on the vocal role to try to push others to get better?
3: I think uh, for those two in particular, I think being in those roles where they may not have been happy at times um, helped them. The experience of being in college helped them. Um, And I think they bring that to the table, which makes us better. Um, They both have a quality that I look for in players, they're givers, so some people recruit based off of can he shoot can he rebound what is his numbers what is his analytics i need guys that are givers i need spirit children who have a spirit about them that everything about them and around them lifts up the room lifts up a team i need guys that are more concerned with their play in order in in conjunction with the team than themselves individually i think these two kids fit that they givers.
0: Kenny, you've talked about the, the eye test a lot with this group when it comes to fans watching the product. Uh, I'm curious, if, if they apply that to watching you coach, the game plan, the approach, what do you think they'll notice about your growth in year two?
3: I hope I'm a little more uh, positive. I hope that, um, you know, my body language can be better. I, I, it was torture at times to, to go through that. It was hard. Um, I never lost like that before, but it also, I learned from it. I learned that I can't take it personal. It wasn't about me. Now, some people will say it's about you, but it's not. It was never about me. Uh, when I took this job, I told this community, this city, this state, I need everybody. Well, some people decided I didn't, I was making it up, and they jumped off. I didn't need them anymore. So for me, I think that um, what I want to do is be able to have fun with kids, have fun winning, have fun dominating with kids. I tease them sometimes and say, listen, I'm the coach that, that wants to be able to talk trash with you to the opponent. <laughs> I want to be that kind of coach. Let's laugh and joke and run him by the sideline and me tell him, yo, we about to score on you right here. I'm that kind of coach. That's what I want to do. And um, hopefully they can help me do that.
5: Kenny, uh, going back to the uh, versatility bit, how much do you think this team has improved in that department compared to last year's team on either end of the court?
3: I, I just think that you know we have a different group. We have a different chemistry. We have a different basketball team. Um, we have guys that are in the gym. Uh, we have guys that I purposely make things hard so that I can see personalities. I can see character. And then I can see lack of character. Um, when I make things hard, I see them huddling up, saying, OK, let's, let's huddle up. He's going to run us again now. Like, Please, guys, let's make sure we focus. Let's make sure we have great energy. That's a sign for me. Uh, at times in the past, it's been more splintered. You hear arguments. Those days are gone. Nobody's really arguing like that. Um, so that gives me hope that we are coming together, we're learning about each other, and when things get hard, they, they gravitate to each other.
5: Can you Can we maybe you- as a follow-up, for you now as a coach, since
3: last year kind
5: of was the group you said you inherited, and you might have had to accept a few things For this group, now that you have the group that you want, what are some things that now you just, you can say you won't accept it if you see it out in
3: practice or during the game? You know, my, my, my pet peeves are confidence. Another one is conditioning. And then the third one is um, sharing. Those are three things when I look at the team, I gotta see it every day. So when you shoot a basketball, I don't want you to shoot shots that you can look at the kid and know he doesn't believe it's going in because if he don't believe it's going in you know what it's doing to me and i know what it's doing to you (laughs) Um, i don't want to see players on their knees like showing that they're winded that they're tired we work too hard for that in our practices there it's intense it's long it's hard i want to be I want to be the coach that people say, like a bunch of NBA people that came into our practices thus far. They never came last year. They are coming. So you're being evaluated. And one of the greatest things about it is they're walking away saying, you will be a disciplined team. You're demanding a coach. And you will be a well-conditioned team, maybe the most conditioned team in the country. I take pride in that. So those are things that I look for, and I hope that we can build on
5: Kenny, what, you, what is it like being a, a basketball coach in in kind of a football world given that most of the moves being made right now in college athletics are driven by football
3: I haven't thought about it like that to be honest with you um, I try to stay in my world focus on my world um, because this is too hard to get sidetracked and caught up in the other stuff um, I have a really hard job, and that hard job is requiring me to really change the culture of this brand and bring back the history of what made Louisville great. If I get sidetracked with all the other stuff that's going on, I couldn't do that. I couldn't do it. It's too hard. Kenny, Kenny, talking about last
2: season, you know, a lot of people have (laughs) focused on what's happened last year and just having the
4: opportunity to turn a page. Uh, Is this almost kind of a fresh slate for you, a clean slate, or do you feel pressure going into this year trying to avoid what happened last year?
3: Um, I don't feel pressure. I feel like when you look at it genuinely, honestly, it's the first step. The first step. Uh, This was broken, right? It was broken um, on a lot of different fronts. So to watch it, see it, evaluate it, figure out how do you fix this, how do you change this, has been hard. So I feel like we've taken a major step in the right direction. I want people to watch us and say it looks different. That's why I keep talking about the eye test. It feels different. The energy is different. And then people will understand that we're headed in the right direction.
5: Kenny, what do you, what do you need to
3: get? <laughs> I've been waiting for a and minute to get to me. What, what do you need to get
5: out of uh, Brandon for this team to be as good? I mean, Do you agree that sometimes it looks like he doesn't affect the game when he's out there? But he, he clearly you have confidence in him that he, he should be that player. And have you seen it in practice? I mean, have you seen demonstrated performance that, that he can do that?
3: I'm hoping that he can do that. I push him to do that. I challenge him to do that. I'm not giving up on him. I'm actually uh, going to tighten up on him, because um, I need Brandon to be a force. I need Brandon Hatfield to be a force. Sometimes Brandon thinks I can be something else, because there are so many people in these kids here. Maybe you can be a small forward. Maybe you can be this, maybe you can be that. Brandon Hatfield has been told by me, you have to be an elite rebounder. I need to be able to switch one through five if you're playing the five. One through four if you're playing the four. And there should be no different than a point guard guarding him and you guarding him. You have to move your feet. You have to be an excellent uh, screener. Excellent. Your body probably requires you and it looks like at 245 pounds that you should get people open at all times. (laughs) I need you to do that. Um, I need you to make free throws and I need you to finish around the basket. And I need you to be a giver. I need you to get out of, I gotta do this, I gotta do this for you and think more about, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this for us. Those things do it for us and watch what happens to your teammates and what happens to your team. Kenny, before the, the Simmons exhibition game, you kind of talked about, hey, you're, you're trying a lot of different lineups to see you know, what works and, and what doesn't work. Coming into this last exhibition game, are you still in that mode or are you starting to figure some things out? We will see. We will see. Um, I know people want to figure out who I'm starting, what I'm starting, how I'm doing. Listen, I said it. In order for us to change from last year, I had to bring in a lot of guys. What does it look like if I only focus on certain guys and I leave five or six back? What does that look like to them? So people may question. People may question from within. I can't worry about that. I got to find out who's going to help us, who can start, who can come off the bench. Is it eight guys? Is it nine guys? Can it be ten guys? They determine that, and then I evaluate that. So in order to do that, i got to put them in situations where, look, I start one fire, then I start another fire. Let's see what you do. And then I evaluate what you do.
1: Kenny, when you look at all the new guys, how close is Curtis, his versatility and all that, to what you want? You know, you've talked a lot in the last year and a half or so about the type of player you want. How close is he with that versatility and what he can do out there?
3: I want him to be a willing learner. I want him to, every single day, challenge the older guys um, to be better. Um, And what you find is if he does that, he may catch them, pass them. Curtis Williams all summer played point guard the whole summer. And when Tyler got eligible, I could see it on his face and he said it. I'm glad I don't have to play point no more. (laughs) I jumped him for that. I jumped him because I don't, I I said it, a willing learner. I'm throwing something at you that you've never seen before. In high school, your coach told everybody, throw you the ball and just let you shoot. I'm not doing that. That's not going to help you be the player that you need to be. I need you to be a willing learner. If I throw you at the point, coach, I got it. If I put you at the power forward, Coach, I got it. That's the type of player I need him to be. You had mentioned mentioned about players playing with the hunger. Who do you see doing that consistently? And also, is this team playing with a chip on their shoulder? Um, It's hard to say exactly that they're playing with a chip on their shoulder now. We hadn't played enough. Uh, There was emotions involved against Simmons where we were tentative. Um consistently I would say Scott Clark every day comes to work and goes hard. Trey White comes to work every day and goes hard. Mike James comes to work every day and goes hard. Dennis Evans comes to work every day. Body's hurting. I can't literally saying, I'm not gonna go eat, I'm not gonna hang out, I ain't going to the movies, I'm not going to the mall, I'm going to get in the bed and ready for the next day. I know he's gonna try to kill me. <laughs> so so I love that. I love that they given me what they have and I'm asking for more. And then they are overcoming that barrier. That makes sense.
0: JJ had his best season last year.
1: How has he grown since you've been here and what's the next step for him?
3: Um, to me, JJ, um, he got a lot better. He's more sure of himself. Um, he made so many strides as a player. When I walked through these doors and I tried not to remember this with him, but every mistake he made, he slumped his shoulders, his head was down. He had no belief. Um, some of this, we probably beat belief into him. Um, but there are times now where he's dominant. The last practice we had, he was dominant. His energy was dominant. And then there's other times where he's floating. He's not giving the energy. I need to know why. I need to know how do we get you being that dominant player you were last practice every single day of your life. If you're that, every NBA team want you, every player, every organization in basketball wants players that are that athletic, that skilled, that play with a fire, that play with that kind of energy.
0: Kenny, you've talked a lot about Dennis. Uh, You've coached a lot of successful big men. Does he remind you of any of the successful ones, or is he that unique of a talent with his length and height?
3: He is. I've never coached anybody like Dennis, um, simply because he's his body. He's so long. His legs are pretty thin, um, to say the least. But. Um, he has ways about him that influence winning, um, the way he blocks shots, the way he's catching the ball and and, and finishing around the basket, dunking everything that he can dunk. Um, I've gotten hundreds of calls just off the two times that we've played where people have seen saying, Kenny, he's gotten better. He's gotten a lot better. Well, two things with that. How was he before? (laughs) And then he has really gotten better. And he's embraced getting better. I'm on the big guys about setting screens. And then I watch film and his small frame is hitting people. And it's hurting him just as much as it's hurting the defender. But he's doing it. And then he's getting out and getting out of those screens and getting to the rim and catching lobs. Um, I like that. And and Dennis hasn't even touched the surface of how good he's going to be. We just got to continue to pour water on him and continue to let him grow.
5: Kenny, uh, how much more aggressive is Mike James in this preseason compared to last, considering he was coming off of that Achilles injury last year?
3: Me and Mike James yesterday had the pleasure on the plane ride to uh, Charlotte. We watched the game together. And I'm like, Mike, look at the way you're moving. Look at the way the the guy back cut you and you was lost. Why weren't you alert seeing man and ball? Why you can't separate running the floor? His words, Coach, I was fat last year. <laughs> I said, okay, i give you that. You was fat. Um, but are you better now? Literally, I'm asking him, are you better now? I know he's better. I know he's more sure of himself. I know he feels more comfortable. I want to hear him say it. And so he was like, I'm not even the same player I was a year ago. I wasn't the same player from the beginning of the season to the middle of the season. I was much better at the end of the season last year. You were. I figured out that I needed to lose weight. That's why I came to you, coach, and said, can you put me on a diet? And I said, no, I want you to stay fat. (laughs) You're going to be my two guard playing the four. So I posted Mike a lot last year because he's big and strong and can finish around the basket. Mike James is a joy to coach. Guys, when I tell you a joy to coach, a joy to coach. If I had six, seven guys like Mike James, regardless of position, you don't lose. I just need Mike to feel good about himself and play with extreme confidence. And whatever happens, happens.
5: Quick follow-up. How much uh weight did he lose?
3: I times? have no idea.
5: Yeah. Turnovers were probably the biggest problem for you guys last year on offense, other than changing personnel. What have you done, what can you do to get get it down to a level where it's not a a problem for you guys?
3: I think one thing is, um, you know, last year we worked every single day on passing the basketball to each other. Um, I think this year we're, so far, our turnovers have been over-dribbling. Some of those turnovers we had during the season last year, you can't draw up dribbling the ball and then all of a sudden nobody's around you and the ball goes out of bounds. Um, You get an offensive rebound, you go up, nobody jumps with you, and the ball goes up straight in the air and you lose the ball. Um, You throw the ball straight out of bounds and there's nobody there to receive the ball, nobody's there. Unforced turnovers cost us a lot. I would like to think that we are better. What I've seen so far, we are not the same type of team. but I still have a little scar tissue left from last year and I'm not gonna believe it until I see it. Try to finish
2: up with a new team Brooks and Jerry. Yeah, um both both Mike and JJ talked yesterday about, you know, just needing needing some time um, after last season ended, um, you know, uh, to leave campus and to just not think about basketball for a while. <clears throat> What did you see from them when they came back? And you know, I'm um, hit the gym hard. Like you know, like Mike said it. You know, he needed maybe just uh, two days back home before he was ready to get back in the gym. Like, what sort of just like effort did you see from them from day one um, of coming back and trying to just uh, build towards um, this year?
3: Well, when I mentally take myself back to the end of last season, and after the players decided and we decided who was coming back and who was leaving. Um, I went to the strength coach and I went to the trainer and said, listen, whoever I bring in these doors, no matter who it is, this group that's here better be head and shoulders ahead of them. Conditioning-wise, strength-wise, knowing what we're doing in the weight room, they have to be ahead of them because I don't want these guys to come into an environment, new, new guys, where they are already on top. I want them to see that these guys work hard and that their bodies and their condition, they can handle whatever's thrown at them. And then they follow suit. If the new guys are the ones leading the pack straight out the gate, that's a problem.
1: <laughs> Kenny, this guy was so good when he was younger, when you first started recruiting him back in the day. He's had some ups and downs. What what does he still have of that? I mean, he's still got that talent, obviously. How do you how have you seen him kind of grow? and? And maybe how do you get rid of some of the things in the past that have, that have not been good in his game?
3: Um, to me, Scott Clark is a very skilled basketball player um, that's a winning person. And what I mean by a winning person is he's who he is, as his personality, his character, he cares about people. He cares about his teammates. Um, there's been hundreds of players that he has relationships that have reached out to me. Some saying, man, I'm so glad you got Sky. Some saying, man, I want to come to Louisville and play with Sky. That's the personality he has. For Sky, in my opinion, and what I've talked to Sky about is whoever the naysayers are, I want you to prove them wrong. And how do you prove them wrong? Nobody's questioning that you're a good basketball player. I want you to prove them wrong, whatever, if they say that you're not tough enough. If they say through adversity, you'll sort of shut down. Whatever it is that they are saying, you have to prove them wrong. And we are going to prove them wrong together. You're not doing this by yourself. You won't ever feel like you're doing this by yourself. Now you're with a group of coaches, a team that's all centered around your success. And you're going to be about the team. And we're going to be about you. so that's sort of how I evaluate him. Great. Thank you, Coach. All right, guys.
4: All right, that was Kenny Payne talking at UofL Media Day today to the media. A lot of stuff there, a lot of stuff to get to. I see some notes on, on things that I want to get to. Some serious, some not so serious. We'll do that after the break. Keep it locked right here. Mike Rutherford Show continues next on 1450
5: and 96.1 Big X. I got to have a shot of them
4: Yeah, set a up,
3: Joe, and play walking the floor. Set a up, Joe, and play walking the floor.
4: Say, you say I'm not a welcome here I know it ought to be perfectly clear But I can't help but wonder what it might be like you Gotta hear it one time at least If I had two dozen roses And the dog could bottle love one, If I really could've hung the moon Would it change your Shannon Doe on a Thursday, all right. If I could Cry a little heart. Heart. So I've got this, I do have this song on my like Spotify list of songs that I play. I've got like 900 songs that I just kind of play at random when I get in the car. But the Spotify version is just a little bit different. Like that's the version that I grew up listening to. It's the version that I would have back on iTunes back in the day. Mm-hmm. And the the Spotify one, like the inflection is just like a little. It's one of those where it's just like they obviously re-recorded it at some point and it's just different enough that it kind of bothers me. Mm-hmm. And so hearing that, for I was like, all right, I've got to find a way to get that version to be able to play. I love that song. It's a great It's a great song, yeah. Uh, welcome back in, Mike Rutherford Show. Thursday edition here on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X. Before the break, you heard Kenny Payne there talking for about half an hour with the UofL Media today uh, as UofL celebrated its local media day after doing ACC Media Day in Charlotte yesterday. I, I thought there was a-, a lot of good stuff from Kenny Payne. He was more of one of more his upbeat press conferences, I've got to get to this though, right off the bat, and it's something to text line, not to the text line.
0: Oh, okay. Because everybody line. on the text line is saying the same thing, and I, I can't oh, really? believe it was a 32 minute interview, and everybody just got the same thing out of the interview, which I, ironically, yes. I'm, I missed that part.
4: I'm assuming that they're going to be referencing the Spirit Children <laughs> yeah. quote. Is that is that Correct. what it is? I've yeah. not looked at it. So Spirit Children, got <laughs> of look- Here's what got me, and this is actually something that I, I've meant to bring up before. I think I, we may have talked about it last year when he gave a certain quote. Nobody has more phone calls in the history of the world than Kenny Payne. Kenny Payne's phone is buzzing every second of every single day. He In, in, the, in the same press conference, he said that he, quote, had, had received hundreds of calls about people saying that Dennis Evans looks better. Hundreds of people are just calling Kenny Payne to be like, hey, you're a freshman center. He's looking better than the last time I saw him. And campaign's like, yeah, he does. They're like, all right, man, good, good to talk to you. And then he just like takes another call from somebody saying the exact same thing. And then about 10 minutes later, he said that hundreds of players have called him either saying they're happy that he got Sky Clark or saying that they want to come play with Sky Clark. This man's getting hundreds of calls about everything. <laughs> he said this last year, too, when he was discussing, um, I think, the first win after after we beat Western Kentucky. And he said, like, you wouldn't believe the amount of people that have called me about the win. He's like, everybody in my phone book has called me and he starts like reeling off names. And I'm like, damn, this guy, like, you know, I get spam calls a lot. I get like one or two real calls a week. It's usually my wife being like, Hey, I'm coming home. Do you want anything for dinner? And like like, Kenny Payne's phone. He's just, he's talking to all these people. He's taking calls. God love him. I don't know how he's having time to coach hundreds of calls about both these things. (laughs) I think it's a little bit hyperbolic. I think there's some hyperbole there. Um, he also, like I, I'd mentioned before that yesterday on the ACC Network and, and some of the other interviews that he did during ACC Media Day, I like the chord that he struck about kind of saying he likes the fan pressure. He you know, It's what makes Louisville great. He gets why the fans are upset, all that stuff. And today he did say that at the beginning, but he kind of went back a little bit to, you, you know, I found out that some people weren't going to be with me. You know, they they were going to jump off the bandwagon. That surprised me a little bit, and and, and kind of going back to that old tribe, which which was a little bit interesting. But it, it, like both of those, the hundreds of calls, and then that reminded me. I talked to somebody, is a, a national college basketball guy who was at ACC meet today yesterday, and, and he was talking. He said he had a conversation with Kenny Payne, and one of the things that he said was he'd asked him a question about. You know, he's he's doing like the general. If, if you're writing a national story on Louisville basketball. It, like the storyline's obvious. It's you know the pressure on KP coming into year two after having such a disaster. Like, how do you move on? How do you flip turn the page? And and, and this person is doing that. And he had said, I asked him a question about you know there were stories out there after you guys started six and zero. He said six and zero. We actually started zero and oh and nine. I mean after, after you started zero and six about people wanting you fired already. He's like, how did you how did you react to that? And Kenny Payne said. I didn't hear any of that. Like, like I, I didn't hear any of that talk. I'm, my head was focused on my team. I'm not listening to any of that stuff. And then he said that two questions later, he asked him a, a, a similar question. And in that answer, Kenny Payne said this, quote, I was getting calls from people at all hours of day, hundreds of calls, asking if I'm okay with all the people calling for me to give me fi- be fired. So there's a little bit of – he does kind of contradict himself at times during – interview sessions. And that's, that's fine. That's going to happen. Uh, he also, he gave a quote that I wrote down that's near and dear to scoots heart. I feel like this could have come from, from Justin Kalin on the show where he said, what I want to do is be, what I want to be able to do is just have fun with kids
0: i as soon as he said that i kind of that was the quote i kind of celebrated
4: i was like hell yeah heat wrote, off my back i wrote it down i was like "Ooh, it's i want
0: to play with the kids i want to yeah he rattled off three or four things
4: yeah he said he said i want to what i want to do yesterday he said what i want to do is be able to touch kids And i was like that's could be skews right there uh but he, he did say that today it was in it was in reference to an answer where he was talking about basically he was like i want to bleep talk with my players which i thought was kind of funny he was like you know I want an opposing player to be throwing the ball in front of me and be like we're going to go down here and score on you and I was like okay I mean I, I would like to see that too it's kind of like as L.L. said last year it's kind of hard to be crap talking when you're 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 one and 20 hopefully we get to a point this year where we can do it effectively but that's what he said and then the spirit children quote I did write down which apparently the text line has caught on to he's like I'm looking for spirit children and I was just like does he <laughs> does, does he know, does he know what he's talking about here does he does he really get that um i just went to the text line just to see what people got
0: out of it and the response one guy just texted and he was like my god he said spirit children
4: yeah it was i thought i was hearing things for a second then he said it again i was like okay i mean yeah he's like that's what we're looking for we're not looking for great players we're looking for spirit children the people who have just a great aura about them that make them easy to coach that's how he, he rebuilt this team and i was like okay i mean i I get what you're trying to say. He's trying to say that like we want to have kids with good attitudes. I don't know why you just can't say that and say say spirit children. But whatever. Uh, he also he talked about the struggles of putting together a team that like a roster that seems confident That it's an upgrade after a four and twenty eight season. And you know he was he was like I don't know why you know, people aren't talking about how hard that is and all this stuff. And I'm like well it's because it's your job, man. Like like every Kenny Payne press conference. And I did like this one. I, I did think that it was a. It was better than some of the ones in the past, but every Kenny Payne press conference, there's at least a couple of moments where I'm like, he's talking like he's not the coach, like he's not paid multiple million dollars a year to do this job. He's like, why aren't we? T-? He's like, I put together this roster. It's really really tough after going four and twenty. I'm like, you were the coach last year. You're the reason. You you have to take at least some responsibility for going four and twenty eight. But uh, he talked about that. I thought the one of the things that has come that's very clearly a, a very honest thing. Is whenever he talks about Mike James, yeah, that was one of the bright spots of last year. I mean, I think every broadcast in the second half of last season talked about it about how Mike James was a guy that you can build around moving forward, a guy that always seemed to have the right attitude, brought the right energy, and I thought it was really interesting last year the anecdote that Kenny Payne gave to one of the broadcasters who said, "When I, when I'm going through practice, when I'm trying to implement something new in practice, whether it's a play, a set, or just like a new idea, ideology, Mike." Is the guy that I call that night and be like, and I'm like, what are the players saying? Like, are they buying in? Do they think it's a good idea? Like, you could tell that Mike James is kind of his go-to guy for you. know He, he wants him to be the extension of the coaching staff within the player group, and I think that's a, a, a good thing. And I, I, I like hearing that relationship. It seems like it's a it's a really really good relationship, and you have to have those types of guys and that type those types of relationships if a team is going to thrive. I thought. I enjoyed the fat Mike conversation where he's, t- he's showing a film from last year, and <laughs> he's like, he's like, what do you see about yourself here? And, Matt's, and Mike James is like, I'm fat. And it's like me looking at pictures of myself right now. If I, I, like, I, as From one fat Mike to another, I can totally relate. But Mike James definitely in a better place, a year removed from that Achilles injury. He's certainly moving better. He looked very, very good in both the red-white scrimmage and the exhibition game. Uh, I mean, it was another press conference, another Q&A session where – Seemed like Kenny Payne was, I mean, not not critical of Brandon Huntley Hatfield, but certainly pulled the curtain back a little bit and revealed that he's, I, I think, just as flummoxed as the rest of us by why we don't see this guy being, like, more of an impact player, ha- having more of an impact on the games. And you know, he said he, his big thing for Brandon Huntley Hatfield is to be an elite rebounder. That, I I don't I don't get the sense that Brandon Huntley Hatfield likes rebounding. Like he's he, I think he's very focused on his offensive game. He wants to be a big that can space the floor and go out and shoot it a little bit. I think that's what he sees in the NBA. I think he sees himself as an NBA-type guy. But I think Kenny Payne's right. If you want to be an impactful four or an impactful five, get yourself into the flow of the game by attacking the glass. Like, like Become that guy. There's, and there's no reason for him not to be. I, I think one of the frustrating things about last season from just a rebounding perspective was we had so there, there were so many games where we had dudes that were – bigger and more athletic than the teams that we were playing and we were getting whooped on the boards because rebounding rebounding is a lot of just about effort Like I think there is a skill to it guys who can read the way a shot's going to come off the rim the guys who are in the right place they 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 have those types of rebounding numbers for a reason but there's also just just effort and Brandon Hunting hanfield wasn't a great rebounder last year a lot of times because he didn't want to be a great rebounder and he's got a body type he's got an athleticism he, he's got the skies he's got the skill set to be a guy who gets you nine or ten rebounds a game and I think that's a good starting place for him. Be active, be involved, be out there. I mean, if he's going to play the four, if he is going to be that guy, or if he's going to play the five, and he's going to be like an 18 to 25-minute a game type guy, you can't have him out there getting just a handful of rebounds. Like He's got to be more impactful than he was a year ago, and we're not off to a great start with seeing that. And I think Kenny Payne has he certainly made that a point. So I thought the press conference was overall good. There wasn't anything earth-shattering. Wasn't, wasn't
0: good for Ken Spencer.
4: Ken Taylor or Ken Taylor Poor KT couldn't get it. He got like, he he got (laughs) got the shaft four times in a row. There were like four times in a row where he started talking (laughs) and somebody else asked a question and he gave way. And then finally he got that question out there. And I think it was the question about Brendan Huntley, Hatfield. KT's the man. Uh, I I, I love Ken Taylor. He, uh, when people ask about like the funny, like the, the people in real life who are genuinely funny and who you like, like Ken Taylor, I think is the funniest sports guy in Louisville. (laughs) Like he's, he's very dry, but he's very, very funny. Very smart. Um, but he finally got the question out there. That was a good moment as well. Uh, you heard, I think after it was like the third time, you kind of heard the laughter when he got yeah. shot down. You could tell that he was like, "Come on!" Like <laughs> press conferences are always funny. But I, I thought good stuff there from Kenny Payne for the most part. There was some, some things where you kind of again, like some funny elements. I think the hundreds of calls thing is is, it's becoming his. Every coach has a little bit of a tick that you say. Like Rick Pitino was always very hyperbolic, and he had his redundancies that he would fall into this is kind of becoming one for kenny Payne.
0: Like, maybe maybe calls and text fall in the same category for him maybe maybe that's
4: maybe that's the truth. although like he just says calls to make himself sound cooler i still don't think that he's getting hundreds of calls slash texts about hey dennis evans looks better than he, than I he, bet he
0: does i bet you he, think so i bet he gets a lot of texts i'm, I'm, of I'm the sure team, he yeah. does
4: but i like i don't know if it's i don't know if it's hundreds i really don't <laughs> i i think it's got to be less than that and if it is i mean that's I mean, I feel like I get way too many texts. Like my wife is always complaining about, like, she's like you get so many texts. Like you tell your friends to shut up. Like <laughs> I'm not getting hundreds of texts about, like, hey man, like, saw that video of John on Instagram. He's looking a lot more mobile than he was five months ago. <laughs> like it's not, it's not happening. And if I did, it'd be like it's like a full time job to respond to all those. Is Kenny Payne just leaving all of his friends on red? I have no idea what's going on there. But hundreds of calls about both Dennis Evans being better. And Sky Clark being good. And also, who are the hundreds of people that are calling him about wanting to play with Sky Clark? I mean, cool. Like, Where, let, where were they this offseason? Let's get some of those guys signed up. <laughs> are they good? I, I mean, they've got your number. I'm hoping that they're prospects. Uh, let's, I mean, he, he was committed for a long time. We shouldn't have had trouble filling out a roster, getting some more guards. If, they, if all these guys want to play with Sky Clark, I'm hoping that it happens. But shout out to all the Spirit children. Shout out to uh, to Kenny <laughs> Payne. Uh Louisville is going to be back on the floor on Monday night against Kentucky Wesleyan. I don't know if I mentioned this already. They played a competitive game against St. Louis last night where they, I think they were down by five at halftime and they cut the, they were only down six with like eight or so minutes to go. And then St. Louis kind of just kept them at at, at bay and ended up winning the game by 10. So Wesleyan, I said this after the Simmons game, it's not a game that you should lose. It's not a game that you should be in jeopardy of losing, but It's a game where if you come out and you turn the ball over 12 times in your first 20 possessions, like we did against Simmons, you're probably not going to be ahead 16-12 to like we were against Simmons. You're probably going to be losing that game. So This will be a better test. This will be a better barometer. If you come out and you beat Wesleyan by 31, or 41, like you did against Simmons, then I think you start to get a little bit more excited than you did. It's a different level of basketball. They went 15-14 and at the D2 level last season. They're historically a pretty good program. They get better players than you see at the Simmons College level. So, I'm excited for Monday night. I think we'll have a better sense of what we're going to, to, to have long-term, and then we'll uh, you know ha- have a better sense of what we're going to see in two Mondays when the Cards open the season against the UMBC Retrievers, which should be, again, a game that you should be able to win. UMBC, not a great year last year, not a great roster going into this year, but it's a D1 opponent with a history of pulling some big upsets. Wasn't Lenore Ryan D2? Lenore Wine was D2 last year, and they uh they, they beat us without their two best players, and they ended up finishing last in their conference. It was, not a, it was not a loss that looked better as time went on. So, yeah, if you don't bring it against Wesley, and if you don't look better than you did against Simmons College, it's probably going to be a little too close for comfort. We'll take a break. Five o'clock hour is up next. Get your text in at 502-414-1450. It's the Mike Rutherford Show. Thursday edition here on 1450-961, the big X.
0: If I had two dozen roses, gonna change your mind? You've got to have an ace in the hole. Little
1: secret that nobody knows. Life
0: is a gamble, a game we all play. But you need to save something
4: for a rainy day a good one. You've got to learn to play your cards right. Better than it, better than it. <laughs> if you expect to <laughs> We're back in. Five o'clock hour here at the Mike Brother for show. How about that? A fun start to the five o'clock hour. I, l- I like the little upbeat, uh, the little peppy. You've got to have an ace in the hole. won The big X Uh, here with uh, another day with Scooter Dingus, aka Justin Kalen, filling in for Trevor Kelsey. We'll have rashawn Myers in studio tomorrow, which will be fun getting ready for the Duke game. Um, I I I haven't. You were talking a little bit about what happened on KRC this morning. I think I didn't get a chance to listen at all to KRC this morning. Was there any more Rutherford show back and forth? Because look, I have for the most part like. 10, 15 years ago, Mike Rutherford was, like, I was just battling. Every day was a constant war. Like, you know, I'm going at it with Matt Jones on Twitter. I'm responding to other blogs on my blog. You know, if you put me on the radio, I'm taking shots at people. It was just, it was fun. Like, that was the Wild West of sports blogging, and it was when the U L uk rivalry was really going. Like, I wasn't afraid to engage with somebody that said, I thought, I thought said something stupid or just wrong on Twitter about me or about U L. And now I'm older, a father of two for God's sake. Married. Settled down. If I see something like that, or even if somebody directs something to it, takes a lot for me to sort of respond. I basically have to be bored and in a, in a bad mood if I'm going to respond.
0: By the way, this is a Trevor interjection, but how many times when you told your family and friends that you were marrying Mary, did they make jokes? I'm sure you heard them all the time. Not oh, really. you're going to
4: marry Mary? People didn't do that? No. Okay. No, not really. The only time that it kind of came up, we had, like, I don't even know if this is a thing now where when we got married, you'd have like a, a hashtag that people could use for their social media yeah. s- stuff. Mm-hmm. And like she really wanted to do some play on like marrying married. And I was like, we're not doing that. I was like, we're not. I was like, well, I'm, I'm not going to get overly punny. I'm not going to. We did Mr. Gotcha. And Mrs. CC, I think was the, was the, the hashtag that we used. Oh, but, you can carry on. I just had to ask. No, I mean, it was the, the bigger thing that came up was, I have all these Virginias in like my mom's side of the family is like all Virginias. Like she's Virginia, my grandmother's Virginia, my great grandmother was Virginia, we named our daughter Virginia and Mary when we first started dating. Like she kind of I don't know how it's it's changed over the years, but when I first met her, she went by like everyone called her Mary Virginia. Like she's her name is Mary Virginia and like she was kind of known like MVB was her initial. We all called her MVB and like as we've gotten older it's become just more of like just people call her Mary. But there was a whole lot of like, oh, another Virginian in the fold like when we first started dating. It felt, yeah, it was. I thought that, that was, was
0: interesting. I thought that was going to go somewhere along the songs for the train or along the lines for the train song. No. Meet Virginia.
4: Oh God, man, that my <laughs> poor my poor daughter is going to hear that. I feel like a lot. It's so, like my mom always started. She said her friends would always play the uh, only the good die young uh, when they would go out to bars. Come out, Virginia, don't make me wait. Like every single time, and she hated it. I'm like, that's gonna be my daughter with train. When she to uh, here. to answer your original question about
0: KRC, yeah. Sorry, the, sorry. The only back and forth that I remember is uh, TJ's on board, all on board for a debate.
4: Let's do it. We'll make it happen. We just need to make it happen. Yeah. We'll
0: that's really it. all I can remember from this morning. Like I said, that's though, a I'm long not, time ago.
4: I'm not debating at 7:30 in the morning. If you, <laughs> if you give me at 7:30 in the morning, I'm like, yeah, whatever. You're you're right. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care about being right anymore. Uh, but yeah, but so this week, like. Yeah, I I I typically now I'll just like let stuff go because if you if you get into it with somebody on Twitter, and you don't want to like see like you don't want it to seem like you're giving up or that that person's right, you have to like wait for their response and and so like you're you like you're sending your thought out response and they're coming back and it just winds up being like an hour of wasted time where you're like you're you're checking your phone to see if this this moron's responded and like I'm gonna I'm gonna get him now I don't want to let him win and it's just not worth it at the end of the day I don't want to get blown up by stuff but this week man. Has felt like a throwback. You know, I, I'm, I'm having, you know, KRCs using my clips on their show. We're going back and forth there. I get out of the show yesterday and and see that the, you know, the the so-called KP mafia, the Kenny Payne mafia, like like they came for me big time yesterday. Like they're upset with me for sharing the the snippet of the story from the the Arkansas side about El Ellis that got Ellis's attention. Uh, like all these people, like it's just in at some point, like I had to respond to a couple of the people because they're saying the same stuff back and forth, sort of implying that I'm not a real UFL fan or that I, I'm <laughs> actively rooting against the team, which is just not true whatsoever. I mean, first of all, for all the things that you you want to get upset with me about, like last year, people were pissed. This time, this time a year ago, after we watched the Nor game and after i heard some stuff about practice and seen the roster and had some issues, I was like, I, I don't think the season's going to go well. And when I said that, I meant I think they're going to be about as good as they were a year ago, where they win 12, 13, 14 games. And people were furious. You don't know basketball. You have no idea what you're talking about. And they won a third of the amount of games as I thought. I was giving them too much credit a year ago. People, if you want, but if you wanted to be pissed about that, that's fine. Or if you want to be pissed about me being, you know, saying like I don't think we're going to be an NCAA tournament team this year. I don't think we're going to be like really flirting with the NCAA tournament. Like that's that's fine too. If you just have issues with that, you disagree. Everyone has their own opinion. But people are furious with me for posting a segment of an Arkansas writer's story. It's getting put out there like I was the one getting these quotes from L. Ellis that he's now, like Ellis is like, I didn't say that. And people are like, ooh, he's coming at Rutherford. I'm like, he's, I didn't write the story. It's not, those are not my quotes. That's not me saying that he said these things. It's quite literally the Arkansas 24-7 sports writer who's like like 75 years old. He's been doing this job for a long time. I don't know if something got lost in translation or if he missed. I can't imagine that he just made up the quotes for no reason when he also has direct quotes from Eric Musselman in the same story. But these UFL fans are like, L. Ellis, is, he's he's coming back at Mike Rutherford. I'm like, no, no, he's not. He's saying that he didn't say the things in a story that I did not write. All I did was share the story. And look, if you're like, well, why are you even stirring the pot? It's it's an interesting story. Can we all agree? Like, the, the amount of reaction to it alone, L. Ellis saying – that, well, one, I mean, LLs having success at Arkansas is an interesting period. He was the most, I think, debated player on last year's team because he was the most important player on last year's team. He was asked to do a ton. And how much of a, you know, I think you see people now who are like, we wouldn't have won those four games last year without LLs and you've got other people that are like, we would have been a lot better if we'd had, it would have been addition by subtraction without LLS. Where the truth is, who knows? I think he's a talented offensive kid who was put in a bad spot, didn't have a whole lot of help around him and who, if we're being just honest about it, did not want to play defense. And he was not good on, I will not defend his defense at all. But what he does at Arkansas is at least interesting. It's at least something we can talk about before the actual games start. And then the anecdote about Musselman using clips of Louisville games and Louisville whatever to motivate his team and show them what not to do is certainly interesting. It's certainly worth discussing, if nothing else. And people are like, why even bring this up? It's crapping on the coach. I'm like, it's, it's, we're fans. Like, with if, it, if there was a, a story out there about, I don't know, who's the, the, the big, Tom Izzo. If Tom Izzo was out there using clips of, of Kenny Payne coach teams and showing them to his team and saying, this is what we want to do, be more like a Kenny Payne coach team, I would share that too. That's also interesting. It, it's, you know. We're not picking it. Not everything is a conspiracy. I mean, not, not everything is, is just malicious.
0: Newsflash, folks! My host's a three-hour show about Louisville athletics. I mean, there's—I don't need People who don't work in radio have no idea how long three hours is. I mean, you know, just based off how everybody knows how long three hours is. But three hours of sports talk radio is longer than a normal
4: three hours. It if it's if a lot. you
0: need things to talk about.
4: I mean, we did a. I mean, like, like, I'm putting stuff on the website. I'm trying to get as much interesting stuff as possible there. I do a. I did a one-hour podcast today. I mean, I'm. If you're sick of me, I'm sick of myself too. Trust me. Like <laughs> nobody is more sick of me than than Mike Rutherford. Uh, but like, it's worth discussing. It's worth talking about as fans. I think it's just strange that that is what has set people off and have been blowing my mentions up for the last 24 hours. And the whole. I won't get into the full debate again, but this notion that. You can't be remotely negative at any point and be a real fan. I would have thought that would have been dispelled by now. I mean, I thought it was over after the Crackdawg era when people were like you can't you can't criticize Steve Crackdawg. You're not a real fan. Get behind the team. And I like it's not like I'm watching the men's basketball team playing and I'm rooting against Louisville. I I watched every single game last year. I wanted us to win every single game last year. But when things happened that I thought were bad or that portended four things for the future, I'm. it's kind of my job. It's kind of what I get paid to do to point that out and, and share my honest opinion. And I'm not just doing this for – it's not clicks or it's opinion. Like when I said last year that I thought we were going to be a 12-13 win team that finished in the bottom five of the ACC, I wasn't doing that for attention. It's what I genuinely believed. And, again, it turned out I was more optimistic than I should have been about last year's team. I I, I mean, I get that in in radio – I think people are understandably jaded when it comes to sports media coverage because you have, whether it's TV, print, or whatever you want to call it, online print, radio, you do have a lot of people out there that will just say outrageous things in an attempt to generate an audience because that it does get you paid in this mm-hmm. day and age. I have never wanted to like, lower myself to that point. Even if I did, I don't think I'd be good enough at it to like make a ton of money off of it. But you know, in this area, if you wanted to to get big, I would just do like an hour a day where I'm like, "Bleep Kentucky!" I heard Calipari's cheating again. Like, yes. it's, it's all you have to do. I don't want to do like everything that I say on the show. Everything that I I write is a is typically an opinion that I genuinely stand behind. Now we have some fun here. We we make jokes and we do all that good stuff. But the honest to god sports opinions are my honest to god sports opinions, and I. I'm not dredging up stuff just so you can be like, oh my gosh, Mike Rutherford is bringing up this LLS to stir the pot. It's, It's something worth talking about. When people say horrible things about your head coach, whether it's football or basketball, it's something worth talking about. When they say really glowing things about your head coach, it's something worth talking about. We're fans. We talk. We discuss the state of the program. It'll get more interesting when we actually play games, but we're not quite there yet. That's the whole point. 502 414 1450 is the Thornton's text line. Before we get there, I don't want to do that. Well, I, I will do the 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 generic thing. Scoots, what's your favorite Halloween candy, real quick?
0: Oh man, you brought that up earlier, and I should have thought about it. My favorite candy in general is peanut M
4: Ms. But that's a Halloween candy, so that, that counts. You're good. But how, yeah,
0: I would I would say that. Then. I feel
4: like whenever you see these like Halloween rankings, these Halloween tiers, it's so it's one person's opinion and it's like you'll see one some person who has like only chocolate candy is the top tier candy and i'm like well that's just because you like chocolate candy well i mean
0: that's that's how i am too is if i'm really breaking down my candy selection i'm gonna take everything that has chocolate before i take like a skittles i mean i i I like those candies too but i'm much more of a chocolate guy
4: i think you have to be a a a jack of all trades to properly rate candy though You, you can't have a Particular affinity to the fruity candy or the chocolate candy, or else you're gonna have. have I mean, I'm, i rankings I like, that are jaded. I like to consider myself well
0: rounded, but I eat chocolate candy way more than fruity candy.
4: Okay. Well, I'm not gonna do the candy rankings, but here are 13. <laughs> here's the the new scary good Halloween candies that are out on the market this year. We have new candy that's out there this year. Sweet. Uh, I also I just found out recently that I've been pronouncing you know the B R A C H S like the company that makes the candy corn like the little pumpkins that Rex. always it, it's Prox. I said bratches like my whole life, and I just realized like the other day I was like I don't I, that's probably not how you pronounce it, but it's one of those words you never hear people talk about it. You just always see it in writing. But Brock's does have a fall festival candy corn that's mm. out right now.
0: How do you feel about candy corn?
4: Everyone always says like, well, you have to hate it or you have to love it. I'm I don't hate it or love it. I loved it as a kid. I, I like it. it. I like it less as an adult. I think it's hilarious. My son now like his the words that he says more than any other are candy corn. Candy corn. Candy now, corn, candy corn. I like the pumpkins. I like you know, the, pumpkins, the big too.
0: pumpkin ones. Yeah. I like those better than the traditional candy corn. And I, I like the chocolate candy corn more than the traditional I, I candy corn. I hate the
4: chocolate candy corn. I think you're a terrorist just for saying second. <laughs> it's disgusting. It's that's awful.
0: better than what I've been labeled in the last couple wow, weeks on that's, your show. <laughs> this, this is true. Is I'll it? take terrorist.
4: Uh, this actually sounds good. There's M&M's Campfire S'mores White and Milk Chocolate Halloween Candy. That mm. sounds delicious. I'm out. I'm out on white chocolate. I love white chocolate. S'more I, mean, I not by itself in some sort of like mixed setting. I, I don't do white chocolate or dark chocolate. I like both. Love milk chocolate. S'mores m and sound good. That's the point there. They do. This also this is cheating. There's a but there's this year they have a Hershey's, you know, they, they do the combination packs where you can have like you'll get like sweet tarts and Laffy Taffy and Nerds all in the same bag and all this stuff. There's one this year that has Reese's pieces Kit Kats, Twizzlers, Hershey's, and Haribo, uh, t- uh, the bears, yeah. the gummy bears. Mm-hmm. That sounds delicious. Sounds fantastic. They're also, this is actually the, the fourth candy is near and dear to your heart, Harry Potter Butterbeer Jelly Beans. Come on. There you go. Butterbean. The flavor Flavored. magic makers at Jelly Belly yeah. are launching a new Harry Potter Butterbelly Jelly to, Beans. I have
0: to share this, Mike. This okay. is, Trevor said a lot of just dumb things over the years this, this, this is true this might be at the very top of the list he just texted me and he said better question is worst halloween candy not best and he goes on to say peeps are the worst
4: peeps are not halloween candy. peeps
0: are very much so an easter candy peeps, peeps are
4: easter centric like what are we doing here <laughs> First of all, Trevor's listened to the entire show today, which I love. He's he's very interactive with the show today. You know,
0: you know what my favorite my least favorite Halloween candy is those uh the Reese's eggs. I don't really dig those around Halloween. Oh, time. I love the eggs. No, only I only I only like them at
4: Easter. Well, Halloween they're, time they're not good. They're pumpkins at Halloween. They're, exactly, and they're it's trees not. A, Christmas. It's not. A, it's not an Halloween candy. It's the same. Oh, I, I you're making a joke. I, I, <laughs> I am. Yeah. For a second there, I was like, oh, I think you just misspoke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know my favorite how my favorite Christmas decoration is carved pumpkins. <laughs> they also have is Harry Potter making some sort of comeback that I'm just unaware of because the next on the list is Hershey's Harry Potter milk chocolate candy bars, or is this just one of those deals where you're talking about it and they're talking about it I here? St- and I started a revolution here. I think Everybody's got, bringing it back up. The next candy is Harry Potter Hershey's Kisses. What is happening here? <laughs> Oscar Meyer is making gummy candy, which is next on the list. I don't know about Ugh. that. M&M's Mad Scientist mix, which Whoa. is milk chocolate, peanut butter, and peanuts. I guess you, you can't tell which one's which, though. They so.
0: should do. They should put all the ones they've ever done in one bag, like the Krispies, the pretzels, like peanut that. butter, milk problem, chocolate,
4: dark chocolate. That would be awesome. It would. The only problem is I don't like to eat M&M's one by one, and I don't want, I don't want like a mixed taste going on. True. Sure. I need more. Skittle Littles, which are basically tiny Skittles, are out. <laughs> Snickers, they have a ghoulish green Snickers bar, which is the same thing, except the nougat is, is green. And then Sour Patch Kids Apple Harp. I don't want an Apple Sour Patch Kids. Hmm. Get on my face. Twix just straight copying Snickers with a ghoulish green Twix as well. I'm assuming they're owned by the same company. Or I that would be, imagine. Yeah. That would be a huge copyright issue. And the last new candy for 2023 Reese's. They have peanut butter skeletons this year, not just the pumpkins. Wow. The That's peanut butter big. skeletons. Would be a great stocking stuffer for yeah. Trevor at Christmas. No doubt. Yeah, yeah he, he can have a good time. Or Easter, <laughs> or 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 Easter. Put it in your Easter basket. And have a good time. It's gonna be great. That's <laughs> Peeps. Peeps. Do they. Even, like, I know. I know they've expanded the Peeps world in recent years. Where they do have like Christmas Peeps and stuff. But oh, really? Yeah, but like nobody ever gets them. Like they don't sell. Like nobody ever gets them. But like they, I don't even know if they do Halloween Peeps.
0: I'm gonna feel like a real dummy if they do.
4: They might, but like it, it's still not. A Halloween candy. Now, you, right. you're still right. Don't doubt yourself here. Okay. Trevor's wrong. <laughs> they probably make Halloween peeps, but they're nobody's no, nobody's ranking peeps high or low in Halloween because they're not Halloween candy. Come on. Uh the, the worst Halloween candy of all time was the those old little like wax bottle things that had like, like the whatever like the juice inside. Those they were those were. I liked those. Crazy. Oh my god. There there was those were awful. I, I was a big fan
0: of all the boring candy, like all the plain you like raisins. No, nah, I never was a raisin guy. But that's not candy. That's a fruit.
4: You'd get raisins on Halloween. Mac that's and, and true. My was, that was
0: always a piss-off,
4: huh? Somebody also would give us, like, pennies. There's, like, an old lady <laughs> at the end of Rush Radio every year gave us, like, pennies. I'm like, well, oh, come on. It's not, not 1920 anymore. I can't do anything with this. <laughs> Thank you, though. You're very sweet. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton Sex Line. We'll take some texts uh, from you guys here. Uh, we We played the Kenny Payne press conference last hour, so some of you guys are reacting to that. We'll get to this. Texture says when I when I was a kid, our next door neighbor drove into another neighbor's house. This goes back to the person who texted in with the M I the Ale story, whose house was driven into by a drunk driver this morning, or last night, I guess. Um, his per this person says, When I was a kid, our neighbor next door neighbor had drove into a neighbor's house. He'd been drinking at his country club. Interesting trivia about it the house that he drove into was next door to the house that Jennifer Lawrence grew up in, Brookfield Avenue in St. Matthews. Hmm. Texas says, I really wanted to work out with KP, but all I hear when he speaks is a career assistant. I can't wait until we have a true head coach again. Unfortunately, I also think the mafia is here to stay regardless of what happens. They will always find excuses for why this isn't KP's fault. I, I think part of this is obviously we were spoiled by the basketball product on the floor when Patino was here and when Denny Crumb was here before him. But like I listened to a little bit of – I watched online – Big East was having its media day on on Tuesday, I believe. And there was a live interview with Rick Pitino where he's on set with John Fanta and a couple of these other guys. And I think we were spoiled in having somebody in Rick Pitino who like, really clearly and eloquently would lay out his plans. He, he was really good at just like at talking basketball. He, and I, I do think it's a skill set. I, I think Kenny Payne obviously knows basketball. There's no question about that. I, I think most coaches, you don't get to be a D1 head coach without a, a base a high base knowledge of basketball. As, you know, a lot of these guys have played it their entire lives. Some of them have been coaching their entire lives. Like they know what they're doing. But it's a skill to be able to translate that to a to the common fan. And Bettino, I think, does it really well and he has no like he's just is constantly reeling off basketball. This is what we do. This is what we want to do. This is what went wrong in the Rutgers scrimmage. This is you know, we played this defense, we want to play that defense. You've got to do this with the ball. And we don't get a whole lot of that with Kenny Payne. It's more just generalities He never really goes into hardcore specifics, and I think that that's it's difficult when we were when we were you know used to hearing that from Rick Pitino for almost two decades, where where he would just lay all that stuff out there, and it, it certainly sounds different. I mean, even with Chris Mack, it sounded a little bit different. Now he would go into a little bit more depth than Kenny Payne, but he also, I mean, I think he hated doing media more than Payne does. Like Mack just didn't want to do it. He he was never going to give you more than what you asked for, whereas with Pitino, you'd. You know, you'd have a forty-five minute interview session that would lie you'd ask four questions. Texas says, "My God," he said, "spirit children." He did. <laughs> Texas says, "Did he say that he needed spirit children?" I mean, I don't know a lot about voodoo, but if it helps, I'm willing to try anything. <laughs> did you are you familiar with the story about Trevor doing voodoo on Terrell Owens? I think I've heard that before. Yeah. I mean, it kind of worked. Like, Terrell Owens' yeah. career went downhill right after Trevor did the spell. I don't know why he hasn't done it yet. For I mean, we've been, we haven't been we have had great times since uh, since we've been doing the show up until this football season. I don't know why it's taken him so long for him to do some sort of voodoo spell on somebody else. Texas Kenny Payne last season, all of your questions are stupid. Why are you asking me that? Kenny Payne this season, I will nominate every question for a Pulitzer Prize. <laughs> we've been asking a lot of great questions this year. I mean – the, I still haven't found the audio of his podium session at, in, in Charlotte yesterday, but he, if you go and look at the transcript I posted on the website, uh, on Car Chronicle, the first I think five of the first six questions, he's like, that's, that's a great question. The next one, he's like, another great question. That's a great question. Uh, Texas says, I thought this was Kenny's best press conference to date. This was the most specific that we've heard him be, the most head coach-like that he sounded. Then the questions came about last year. Number one thing he learned was who will be with him. Then blaming the bad season on tough recruiting, like he wasn't the head coach during that season. Come on, man. I, I agree with you on the the first ten minutes or so of the press conference. I was like, this is this is great. Like, like he's he's doing more of what we wanted him to do last year. He, he's t- he seems to be taking responsibility. He's more lighthearted. I did like him opening up with. Uh, I saw some of you guys yesterday in Charlotte. I'm hoping nobody's gonna ask ask me questions about last season. Like, I, I thought that was a good way to break the ice. Like the first ten minutes, I'm like, this is good. This is what we want more of, and then it it did get more into the him repeating some of the responses that the fans have not liked about you know kind of criticizing people that are are off the bandwagon, blaming you know the, you know the whole this program was broken all that stuff. It was just kind of it, it felt like a lot. Texas Mike, do you think the kickoff of 3:30 will make the glow be pointless? Also, I'm hoping the energy is there on Saturday. Don't feel the hype around town. The 3:30 kickoff against that's not the glow game. Trust me, I, I know all about the glow game is the Thursday night game against Virginia. We're wearing those those glow in the dark uniforms. We're this is supposed to be some LED light show that happens during the game. My only concern is that I think every team that's worn these glow uniforms has lost. Miami wore Ooh. them, yeah, Miami wore them for that that, that that horrible loss at Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech actually wore them for their home loss to Bowling Green. They did wear them for an afternoon game. so I don't know what the point of glow in the dark uniforms is for a 330 kickoff. We are wearing them against the worst team left on our schedule. I don't think it's really up for debate. Hopefully that doesn't come back to bite us, but I'm excited about the glow game. But we do have 330 games the next two weeks. No real excuse to not be out there at and Stadium. Perfect time for tailgating. Perfect time. You, you still get to have a night of it after you get out of the stadium. You don't have to get up too early. If you've got you know, kids soccer in the morning, you can make that happen. It's, it's the perfect time for a fall Saturday. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll get to as much of the Thornton's text line as we can at 502-414-1450. Get those thoughts in. We'll read them uh, during the final segment, and then we'll look ahead to tonight and what's going on in the world of sports. It's the Mike Rutherford Show, Thursday edition here on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X. No matter
2: where you
0: go, you've got to have an ace in the hole.
2: You've got to have an ace in the hole. A little secret
3: that nobody knows.
1: Hey, how about you, Alabama? Roll on. Roll on highway, roll on along. Roll on, daddy, till you get back home. Roll on family, roll on crew. Roll on mama like I asked you to do. And roll on 18-wheeler, roll on. Roll on!
4: There it is. An appropriate way to kick off the last segment, so well, the last segment that Scoots will be doing with us here on the show for probably a little bit, until Trevor has to, like, you know, leave again next week. What if Trevor did, like, on Monday, he's like, hey, guys, I hate to do this. I would be so ticked <laughs> off. i would back would be so ticked off. So, this is one of those weird things where, I don't know if we're living in a simulation or if just stuff just happens coincidentally. Before the break, we were talking, you're rereading Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Out of nowhere, like on these these new Halloween candies, there's like three of the, the 13 new Halloween candies for 2023 are all centered around Harry Potter. I, I pull my phone open during the break onto Instagram. The very first post I see is one of those accounts that I, I don't really follow, but they put it on your feed for whatever reason. Yeah. And it's, a, it, it's somebody, you know, they screenshot tweets that, that are out there. And it's a Harry Potter thing related thing, which I didn't realize this either, but it's, it's a joke saying – Harry Potter, do you, do you have any idea what the time range is supposed to be for Harry Potter? Like, what what time it's supposed to take place? No, no clue. So, apparently, it's supposed to take place between 1991 and 1998. Hmm. And this person says, it's ridiculous because not once in seven books does a single character say, man, the Chicago Bulls are having a hell of a run, eh? <laughs> it's because
0: they care about Quidditch.
4: I would love it if Ron is like, did you hear what, what Ross said to Rachel last night on, it's so on the, on the episode? Yeah, it's like. <laughs> Work some '90s references in there, like make it make it a thing. We've got about uh, 25 minutes here before we have to call it a day. You've got time to get your thoughts heard on the Thornton's text line. Hit us up at 502-414-1450. And reminder: Thornton's has the best deals for you all fall along. If you want to take advantage, you have to become a Refreshing Rewards Program member. Very easy to do. Open your app store. You'll search Thornton Thornton's. It should pop up very quickly. You should be able to download it very quickly, and then you'll very quickly be saving money at the pump anytime you stop in one of the areas. 123,454 Thornton's locations. They're growing every day. There's that many of them for a reason. They know what they're doing. They're the best. Take advantage of their, of their deals and then text us at 502-414-1450. Uh, Texture says, oh, man, it's a lot. There are a lot, yeah. <laughs> the music definitely sounds like it was chosen by someone who was <laughs> unaware that blackface was offensive. <sighs> uh, Fair point. Texter says, I didn't understand what KP was talking about. I didn't understand what KP was talking about during his press conference. Is it just me? I don't know if that's just the entire thing or if there's a specific point that you didn't <laughs> understand, but, uh, he was, yeah, he's fine. Texture says, Spirit Children sounds like he's recruiting for the Manson family. <laughs> it's an, It was an odd term to use when when are trying – I think he's just using he, – he's looking for different – you know how like um, when you keep saying, talking about the same thing and you use the same words to do it, you feel like you're just repeating yourself constantly. On, oh, on the, yeah. Uh, you know, on the podcast or on, on the radio show, Trevor constantly says yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Uh, I take call, a drink. Yeah, take a drink. And Well, now that's become like a redundant, like a repeating thing too is like the whole take a drink <laughs> thing. Like he says that as much as he says yada, yada, yada. Like, I, I use Call a Spade a Spade a lot, and so every now I'll, I'll try to be thinking of new ways to say that. Kenny Payne has talked so often about wanting to find, like, high-character guys and guys that fit. I think he's just looking for new ways to say that, and he somehow landed on spirit children, which just, like. Would it have been better if he said rah-rah children? Well raw children. I mean, I don't know.
0: By the way, funny you bring up the Spade a Spade thing, because earlier in this show, in the first hour, since we have the webcam and I could see you, I saw your wheels turn and you. End- I 100% did. You ended, I was going to say it. You yeah. ended up saying, I'm, I'm just going to call it like, call it, it, like is. it is. I, <laughs>
4: but you're, I, I saw the wheels turn in there. I absolutely did. It's one of those things where I'm like, I, I feel like I, have, if I haven't i have said it that recently. I, I can go ahead and use it, but I do say it very, very often. <laughs> uh, but Spirit Children is an interesting way. Texas Louisville just signed a new Spirit Child. His name is Wes Unseld. Looks pretty good and well rested. Would love to have Wes back. Texas says, it sounds like Mike James is a snitch. Just kidding. <laughs> Texas says, does KP's grammar bother you? It drives me nuts sometimes. No, because I do a show every day with Trevor Kelsey. So, if grammar bothered me, I would have gone insane by now already. It's fine. It's fine. Texas says, we really have to take Trevor's music rights away. We've had a solid run this week. Come on. Yeah. Although,
0: two of the three days were Trevor.
4: Yeah. The, the, the He was, yesterday was a little rough. The first yesterday day was, was okay. a rough. And then we'll have uh I mean, will Rashawn do the music tomorrow? How's that work? I'm uh, not sure. I don't know if Trevor will
0: send the music or what. But I think I, you say just let Rashawn pick it.
4: I'm fine with that. Cause yeah. I, I know that Rashawn, you know, he does wake up five oh two on Saturday mornings here and he runs the board for his own show. Like he mm-hmm. like he's doing it all. He's a jack of all trades. And so I don't know if he'll come in and he'll do the music tomorrow. I mean if he wants to, he's free reign for me. Do whatever he wants. Uh Trevor did text in again. He says, I take a, I step away for a coffee break, and Mike, you've alienated Cardinal fans, and you've made up lies about LLs. That's not the Rutherford I remember. <laughs> Blame yourself. Trevor also says, so many issues with the KP press conference. Too many for the text line, but I'll say that listening to his answers is like watching this team play last year. Frustrating. The thing is, like, for people who say that I'm uh, I'm too hard on the team, Trevor doesn't think that we're going to win five games this year. So, like, I, I am far more optimistic than Trevor is about this team. Direct all your hate, as always, to at Trevor Kelsey. Trevor.kelsey at 1450thesportsbuzz.gmail.com. <laughs> Texas, I think the issue with you and KP Mafia is that you have no basis to speak on. Oh, this is the angry guy. <laughs> you haven't coached or played even remotely big-time ball. N- nobody has. <laughs> The K.P. Mafia hasn't either. Angry guys. He also is his texting to Kersey this morning. He he always calls me a dweeb. He does, yeah. Yeah, he calls me a dweeb under his 75 different numbers that he uses. <laughs> Which he's. He also says that the machine gives him a different number every time that he texts him. There's no, no way that that's true. not true. There's no way that that's nope. true. Nope. Texture says, I mean, I'm also now realizing the angry guy is the guy who was saying... It's ridiculous to rank Purdue at the top 25, which makes more sense now because it's not a normal human being. It's not a normal, rational-thinking human being. Texas, I mean, UK has underperformed. Hold on. Texas, Mike, I think we're all tired of piling on, trolling our own team guys. Then guys like Barstool Regan picks up with it and gets that bump. We UL fans are just sick and tired of the negative bleep since, like, 2015. And I'm right there with you on the feelings of KP and not a fan of negative we just do a really good job of bringing up the old negative bleep. We have enough current negative bleep to go around. I mean, UK has underperformed since 2012, and yet their paid media continues the trolling for clicks. A lot of bleeps. A lot of bleeps there. I mean, I, I, I do think that you've – saw like, there's been a fair share of criticism from – I mean, I don't know if he's talking about UK media being, like, all butt slappers or if he's talking about UK media talking about Louisville, but, I, I mean – UK taking shots at Louisville for clicks is not going anywhere anytime soon. I mean, we were at the height of college basketball, and they were still doing it. So, like, they, rivalry shots are going to happen regardless of how good the program is. Are they going to pile on if we're in a low place, which is I mean, we're at the lowest of low places right now? For sure. But, I mean, you can't just, like, stop talking about stuff that's out there because it, like... Is negative towards our pro. If you want this, win more games. Like, we all just, we got to get a little basketball back. The media coverage of negative stories that are out there is not the issue. The issue is the team winning 13 games two years ago and winning four games last season and not looking like it's doing enough off the floor to have this program headed back firmly in the right direction. Texas candy corn and peanuts is how you do it. Trevor was a big advocate of this and he says it tastes like a payday, which Oh, I can see that. Well, see, I I didn't realize that was a thing. He said it's definitely a thing. People talk about this, and I googled it, and he was right. He was people do talk about candy corn and peanuts coming together and tasting like a, a payday. Texas says Trevor's not wrong. Peeps suck so much at Easter that their suckage carries over into Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween peeps do exist. They do. He sent me a picture. But uh, but nobody, you're still not wrong. We're not wrong to make fun of him for that take because nobody ranks it ha- like peeps as a Halloween candy. On, there is no Halloween candy list where people, like, Peeps is, is not on it. because Peeps is, it's an Easter candy. It's like saying you can have pumpkin pie at Easter, but it's not an Easter dessert. Grow up, Trevor. Texas, one of the times that I had to bring dessert to a friend gathering, I just went to a gas station and bought a couple of each, like, 15 different types of Reese products, and I put them all on a platter. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. If you were, so we got the question this morning on the for the podcast. If you had to, uh, are, you, are you somebody who cooks at all, Scoots? No, I'm not. So, Gosh, no. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like to grill a little bit, but I'm not uh, not known for my prowess in the kitchen. If I'm
0: if I'm cooking, it's like hard-boiling eggs for tuna salad.
4: Yeah, like, I feel like I'm good at I'm good at at um, at grilling and then breakfast stuff. Like I, I'll, I'll make, tell you what, I can kill the air fryer. Well, yeah, I'm yeah. a I'm a
0: bomb air fryer cook.
4: My French toast, I think, is really good. I think I do good. Waffles are easy, egg sandwiches, like, like all, all pretty easy stuff. I think the French toast is the only thing that I can get creative with, and I think it's good. But outside of that, I'm not not known for my prowess in the kitchen. So somebody was like somebody who was like us, who's like I I I know how to boil water. That's about it. I've been tasked with bringing an appetizer to the tailgate this weekend for the Duke game. What do I go with? And my go to. So I was single for like a couple of football seasons in my twenties, and like, I was always known as, uh, I was the cookie cake guy. Like, I- I'm bringing the cookie cake. Dibs on the cookie cake. You guys bring whatever. You guys make whatever. I'm bringing, because everybody loves a cookie cake. Yeah. And it's easy. You go to Kroger, they've got them already made. And they, you know, back in the day, I don't know if they still do, they had, like, U L and UK football ones every weekend because they knew that schmucks like me were going to come in and be like, oh, cookie cake's easy. And they're not that expensive. So, my my answer to him was cookie cake. But if you do want to bring something that seems a little creative, but you didn't, you don't actually have to work at it, Go to Paul's or go to the Cheddar Box and get that. Uh, they have like the cheddar pecan tort. Delicious. Looks fancy. You just take it out of the box, put it on a plate, sprinkle some water crackers around it. Boom. You're the, you're the head of the tailgate. Hmm. I was thinking more like crackers and cheeses and meats, like a charcuterie board. Well, that's, I mean, crackers and tort is, is, is it's the same thing. It's, oh, okay. it's very much a, it looks cool and it's delicious. You got some cheeses in there and you got some nuts in there. It's, it's great texture says the orange and black wrapper candy was the worst. I actually had a friend who texted me during the break when we were talking about the worst candy and sent in a picture of those. Do you remember those, like, the generic? Orange and black wrapper candy. I'm going to hold it up to the camera here for you. Like These things. Do you remember that? Oh, gosh. Yes. Yeah, those were the worst. All you have to do is see that picture. You had the orange, and then there was, like, the, the peanut butter one or the butterscotch one that had, mm-hmm. like, the tan wrapping on it. Like, those were terrible. Those were, and you got them every single year, and they came in, like, a little individual bag. Oh. Ugh. Terrace. Yeah. Texas, you have to let peeps go stale and then dip them into chocolate. People always bring up the stale peeps thing. That actually sounds pretty decent. That's a lot of work though. I mean, are, are we going that hard to make peeps palatable? I, I just if it takes that much effort, then just just be a better candy peeps. Texas says, uh, Tyre Gage and I just caught the tail end of you saying something about spirit children. Can you please explain? Is it Halloween? Are we haunted? Who do we need to sacrifice around here for wins? Well, Tiger Gage Guy and Tiger Gage Guy wife, we played Kenny Payne's press conference for media day today, and he was asked about what type of players that he's looking for, and he came to the conclusion that he's looking for what he referred to as spirit spirit children. Players who are... Raw, raw guys. Raw, have a good spirit about them, are easily coachable, you know, the... Bring good energy into the room. What's the old adage about? Like, you know, some people bring happiness into this room when they walk in. Others bring happiness into it when they leave. Like, (laughs) he wants people that that make the room better when they walk in. Spirit children, apparently, is what they're going to be called. Texter says, uh, "What is KP's defensive philosophy?" I still don't see what they are trying to do, and he doesn't explain it well. I, I yeah, we don't know. We don't know. It's a it's an issue for all of us. I, I did see. So the next text is is one of those that has like a RC. And it does remind <laughs> me of your story about this morning. So for anybody who doesn't know, like the like, Kennedy Roll Call, the show seven to nine in the morning's here, nine to eleven also on replay. They when when people will text in during our show and want to make sure that the roll call folks see it and, and read it in the morning that it's not for us, they'll preface their text with the the the, the letters R C. And apparently I guess, does, does Roush not read the text line? No,
0: Roush has access to the text line, too. So, I don't I don't know how he made this goof, but we read one of his texts with the RC at the beginning this morning, and at the end of the text, Roush thanked RC for his text, and I had to fill him in that the RC stood for call. <laughs> Thanks
4: for the text, <laughs> RC. I was laughing so he hard. You know, this person was just letting them know that this is this is RC texting it. I mean, yeah. Like, I see the RC text every single day. How does he? He's, I mean, he's been doing the show for three years. We
0: we do have some texters that'll put their name. There's a few texters that'll throw their names at the beginning of text, and then some that'll throw their names at the end. So I can kind of see the confusion, but we've gotten hundreds and hundreds of these RC texts over the years. So not sure where the confusion was.
4: It's an a unfortunate mistake. <laughs> Poor Ralph. Gave, nice, gave me a nice laugh. I would have laughed very hard. When you said it, I was, I was dying. <laughs> Texas, I'm pretty sure that NC State wore those glow-in-the-dark uniforms when we played them too. Were those glow-in-the-dark uniforms? I knew they were all black and they had the blackout. <sighs> I don't like that. I don't like. It's too early for vibes being off for a game that's that's two and a half weeks from now. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. I'm still excited about it. Texas, we all know that Maben is driving the mafia bus, especially with his late night show. Curious if anyone says anything to him off air. I mean, I love Marcus. I know. I know that. I I don't. I've never seen his. The, the YouTube show that he does at night, I don't know how that goes. I think I watched a replay of it one time when he was talking about the the Bellarmine game last year after we lost. I wanted to hear what he had to say. But, I mean, look, Marcus is a – they're very positive on their show, for sure. He, he and Steve, I, I think, are more optimistic Cardinal fans. And there's, there's nothing wrong with it. Just because I disagree w- with certain things, just because I you know am less optimistic about the future of Cardinal basketball, doesn't mean that it's like, this is better. And they're worse or that I'm necessarily right or or that they're wrong. O could win 25 games this year. I don't think it's going to happen. I could easily be wrong. We're all just guessing as to how this is going to go. We were all guessing last year. We're guessing every year. So pretty embarrassing. Actually, I want
0: to say within the last two weeks, just found out about Marcus Mapin. I had no idea he was in a wheelchair because of a car crash, right? Is that what it was?
4: Uh, I believe it's a motorcycle accident. Oh yeah, motorcycle. Accident. It's been yeah. it was like 30 years.
0: Ago. Yeah, I had, no, I had no idea. I was talking to somebody about him and they just brought up that he's in a wheelchair. I was like, well, I had no idea. Thank you for that, Scoots. I thought that was interesting. I mean, I feel like majority of people probably know that. What else do you not know? I oh, mean there's like,
4: all kinds of things. I uh, clear, I'm so ignorant. Clearly. Uh, the bluegrass miracle? Unreal. Oh, no, I remember that. Unreal. Texas said I heard that Eric Musselman actually showed L. Ellis clips of all his shirtless fist pumping. <laughs> Is the are we getting to a point where he's he's gonna have to stop doing the shirt off thing? Like How many times has he actually done it though? He's done so he did it at Nevada a couple times when they they like locked oh, okay. up the he He definitely did it when they locked up a conference championship one year. He did it when they made when they won an NCAA tournament game. And I mean, the, the most recent, he did it last year when they mm-hmm. beat Kansas, when they yeah. when they were the number one seed. My buddy who I, I work with at SB Nation, we we were the college basketball team for years now. He's still working there full-time. I do stuff during tournament time. He was on press row. Like, his picture is like Muscleman standing right above him with his shirt off. And he was like, <laughs> I don't know how to, how to feel about this. I feel like I need some workers' comp for this. But th- I, I feel like the shirt-off thing... It's gonna lose its luster at some point if they don't go like he. The next time he does, it needs to be when they go to the final four, if they ever go to a final four, like because you know, it's like storming the field. When you get good, you you have to up the the standard for what it takes to storm the. Field.
0: I don't know that that's a trend I want to see take off though.
4: Who did? It? Somebody else did it recently that it was, took their shirt off. Yeah, I mean, well, Mike Bray did it famously after they won the Maui Invitational, which was adorable because Mike Brady's hilarious. But somebody else did it recently, and it was just not. It was not good. It was it was a tough look it was it was a heavier set coach. It was bad. Texas the Harry Potter video game uh that 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 came out earlier this year is probably going to win some game of the year awards so it's reignited Harry Potter stuff globally. Is that why?
0: They're they did release a Hogwarts game. Yeah, fun story. I actually bought that game. Haven't played but 5 minutes of it. So, I need to break into that. Looks fun. Spent $60 to let it sit there.
4: There you go. <laughs> Texas, I'm already tired of Cal's BS this year. I think this is a charity text. I'm going to read it. Oh, yeah, because the the most recent one is from a a text directed to Roush. Already tired of Cal's BS this year. His injury timelines keep getting moved back. Then everybody will get their first glance of Big Z in the blue-white scrimmage. No, it will be next week against G-Town. No, I'm sorry. It'll be next week versus Kentucky State. Wait, he has to go through his ramp-ups first. He hasn't had full body-to-body contact yet, so probably next week. Ah, the truth will come out. He can't play until cleared by the NCAA. That's all Cal had to say at the very first that he won't play until he's cleared by the NCA. Cal would rather climb a tree than level us level with us outright. It's frustrating. <laughs> I did see that they the the, the the Big Z guy today, they officially I guess re- released that he's not been cleared by the NCA, which means that Kentucky has no big men to not play more. at all. Seems problematic, but maybe you're onto something. Well, I mean, but like <laughs> This isn't a, a season-long thing. No. They're, they're going to have three guys. Two of them are, are, are going to be healthy. The Croatian kid, I've got no idea what his standing is with the NCAA. I assume he's going to be eligible at some point, but it, it might be an issue early in the season. I don't even know when Kentucky's – because they, they'll play in the Champions Classic, but I, I don't know when, if they have like another big game early on in the season that would be affected by this. Um, I don't even know who they play in the Champions Classic this year. They open with New Mexico State. Are they play Mexico State too? Everyone's trying to schedule in New Mexico State. They have name recognition, but not a good team. I get it. Um, So they'll play. Kansas, that'll be tough without a a big man if they don't have one. But they really, I guess Miami, at the end of the month, that'll be a good test, and that's pretty much it until they they get into the heart of December. So they'll be okay. They'll be fine. Texas, our basketball program is that scene from Train Spotting where he talks about being Scottish and says they are the lowest of the low and colonized by wankers. Well, it starts off positive because the – the the dude who's the positive guy who gets screwed. He's like he's like, it's a great day to be Scottish. Yeah, I do feel like that's <laughs> those there's some Louisville fans out there that are like, it's great. And it's like it's rubbish being Scottish. We're the lowest of the low. <laughs> I can't do a Scottish accent. It's tough. <laughs> we're we're not even wankers. <laughs> we're colonized by wankers. Texture says, angry man, aka big baby man. Yes. Texture says, Jesus, how much good energy does this man need in a room? And can these spirits children drive and penetrate into the lane to drag defenders? We need spirit children. That, uh, Trevor's, know, just Trevor texted this in. I don't know if he wants me to read it. He may have. Now, now that I say that, I think he said this before that him and Maven are Eskimo brothers. <laughs> Do you know what Eskimo brothers are, Scoot? No. You don't know what this? Uh, no. Nope. If you're an Eskimo brother, you have uh, slept with the same woman. Ah, okay. Yeah, I'm sure I have a few of those. Yeah, I mean, I'd hope so. Eskimo sisters are a thing too. But apparently, uh, that's that's a tough break for Maven that he and Trevor have slept with the same person. <laughs> There's like an NFL player that I think Trevor once claimed that he was Eskimo Brothers with as well. Texture says uh, your th- thoughts on Susanna Gibson?
0: Who's Susanna Gibson?
4: She's the uh, she's in the news for uh, like she, she, she's a politician who did like a sex live stream or something
0: oh okay yeah that's right we talked about that on krc a few weeks ago i like that well i
4: think it just happened like a day ago right am i wrong with that uh i thought i I saw it in the news i i I don't know the details of it i can't go in depth but
0: yeah we definitely talked about her a few weeks ago okay maybe it was for something else though
4: Susanna gibson have not seen the video will not see the video (laughs) but am aware of it out there Texture says, Scoots, quote, I'm so ignorant. Mike, clearly, I'm dying. (laughs) Texture says, I think that uh, Hershey's and Reese's is missing out on Christmas gold. Now, hear me out. I know they have the Reese's Christmas trees for the holidays, but why they haven't come out with Reese's Jesus yet is beyond me. Oh, boy. What could be better than biting into that signature peanut buttery chocolate mixture in the shape of Jesus' head or face? Gold, I tell you. Delicious frankincense, myrrh, and gold. I mean, they do do chocolate crosses for Easter, which I always thought was was interesting. I mean, I mean, like I'm a kid, just like biting into this chocolate cross after hearing all about Jesus rising from the dead, and it, it always felt wrong. But they were they were good. I wasn't gonna not eat it. Um, peanut Reese's Jesus would be, I think, probably a bridge too far for a lot of people. I don't think that would go over great. Texas says Trevor sounds so much more of a, of an intellectual and coherent over text. <laughs> he does. Trevor's got good grammar. There's, you did good on the accent Mike Celtic gonna cover or Celtic gonna cover their next Champions League game now yeah I'm good with that I do own a um a cork City hoodie hmm. big cork city guy love the Irish Ireland Texas, I've been playing the new Harry Potter game and it got me to start listening to the books on tape again while I drive around for work the listen time on those books are like 20 hours plus holy smokes That's too much time too much time Texas Chad Johnson and I are Eskimo Brothers. That's the, that's that's Trevor again. This oh was going gosh. to be one of my pickup lines at speed dating. So Trevor is now, I mean, he's Eskimo Brothers with two fairly high profile athletes. Maven certainly high profile locally. Chad Johnson, most people know him. That's um, I man, I don't think I'm Eskimo Brothers with anybody cool. Though. What does what's he mean? This was going to be one of his lines at speed dating. He's not going. He's not going to speed dating, Trev. Wow. At the quarry. Texture spirit children, yeah, this is definitely a cult, not a mafia. Texture says, I've been touched by your kids, and I'm pretty sure I've touched them. Dewey Finn from Jack Black School of Rock or Kenny Payne addressing the media. I mean, it was, there were some unfortunate choices of words. That's all we can say. It did sound like a Scoots press conference for a brief period of time, but it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. We, we all understood what he was trying to say. It's all fine. We've got uh, tonight, football is back tonight on both the college and NFL fronts. We've got on the college front first, and again, Thursday Night Football, not not great these days, but you do get an ACC game today, Power 5 Thursday Night Football is back. 7.30 on ESPN, Syracuse is on the road taking on Virginia Tech. The Hokies playing better football as of late, they've won two in a row. They're actually one of the one-loss teams in the ACC that's tied with Louisville at this point. 2-1 2-1 in the ACC, Syracuse after a 4-0 start, 0-3 in the ACC. VT is a 2.5-point home favorite in Blacksburg. Scoots, who do you like?
0: I think Virginia Tech extends that streak to three games they cover.
4: Yeah, this seems too low. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if people just aren't trusting in Virginia Tech to, as of yet, but, I mean, they – I trust Virginia Tech more than Syracuse. Look, That's what it comes down to. They Especially at home. They they beat Pitt at home by the same score that we lost to Pitt, 38-21. to they beat Wake Forest at home 30-13. to They've had an off week. They're well-rested. I feel like this is a it's a dummy spot. This is should be Virginia Tech tonight. And then the NFL game, as previously mentioned, Buccaneers on the road taking on the Bills. Buffalo, who's coming off of a pretty bad loss to New England, is a 10-point favorite. The line was 9.5 when we first saw it. 8-15 on Prime Video. Bucks bills you like
0: I think Buffalo covers here. They're due for a bounce back. I'd like them to win by
4: 13-14. I'm going to call my shot here. I'm going to say Bills win and push. Bills win oh, by wow. exactly 10. Calling the push. Calling the push. They haven't been, they just haven't been overly impressive yet. I think the Bucks keep it at least somewhat honest. It's it's a game worth watching into the fourth quarter, which is all you want from Thursday Night Football. Yep. Everyone enjoy your Thursday night. Scoots, big thanks for for spending time back with us again this week. I thanks enjoyed for it. for having me. It was great. We will have Rashawn Myers in studio tomorrow. We'll be getting ready for the Duke game, and everything that's going down this weekend. Have a fantastic Thursday night. We'll see you guys back here tomorrow at 3. Go Cards. Go spiritual Go